0: Are you going to go apologize guys? like Cory Booker Apologize for what? Cory Booker's called for it. Cory should apologize. It. He knows better. I'm not a racist bone in my body. I've been involved in civil rights my whole career. You cannot go to a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. It's a pretty, am I, I'm not joking. The world is different. There's too much unfinished business for us to just look backwards. We have to look to the future.
1: I know Joe. We know Joe.
0: But most importantly, Joe knows us. That's right. And by the way, you know, I sit on the stand and it get hot. I got a lot of I got hairy legs that turn that 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 that, that, that turn uh, um, blonde in the sun. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down. So it was trained and then watch the hair come back up again. they look at it. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap and I've loved kids jumping on my lap. Even call centers, even call centers was rushed overseas in the hundreds of thousands. How many times you get the call? I'd like to talk to you about your credit card. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. They're going to put you all back in chains. In my opinion, we don't need white people leading the Democratic Party right now. The Democratic Party is diverse and it should be reflected as so in our leadership. But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black, why does this this happen? I'm not going to do this. What I'm not going to do this, Chuck, I'm not going to do this because let me just be really clear. Vice President Biden absolutely has a respect level for all people around him, for voters across this country, young people. Uh, older voters, voters of color, black people, Latino voters, indigenous, Asian American, Pacific Islander. So I'm not going to even uh, traffic in any hypothetical conversation about if he is sensitive enough. You need, In my opinion, we don't need white people leading the Democratic Party right now. But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. I think Joe Biden might be suffering from that same white entitlement and privilege and ego well, he's just that, that old school white male who feels like, hey, man, they need me. I don't need them. All right, I got them already. Joe Biden is under fire this evening on comments he made about working alongside segregationist senators in the past. Biden recalling his early Senate career, bringing up two segregationist senators, Herman Talmadge and James Eastland, who called African-Americans an inferior race. I was in a caucus with James O. Eastland, Biden said. He never called me boy. He always called me son. At least there was some civility. We got things done. We didn't agree on much of anything. We got things done. I think the two-party system, although my Democratic colleagues don't like me saying this, I think the two-party system is good for the South and good for the Negro, good for the black in the South. Um, And uh, uh, other than the fact that they still call me boy, I don't think they've, I think they've changed their (laughs) mind. It's that that old school white male. They're going to put you all back in chains. 30 seconds or less. What kind of a chance with a northeastern liberal like Joe Biden stand uh, in the south if you were running in Democratic primaries against southerners like Mark Warner and uh, John Edwards? Better than anybody else. And you don't know my state. My state was a slave state. My state is a border state. My state is the eighth largest black population in the country. My state is anything from a northeast liberal state. It's that that old school white male. Choosing Joe to be my vice president was one of the best decisions I ever made. Not the first sorta of mainstream African American
2: yeah.
0: who is articulate and bright and and, and clean and nice looking guy. I mean it's that's a storybook, man. My son is attorney general a year in Iraq, came back and that's one of the things that he finds is was most in need when he was over there. In Iraq for a year, people would come to him and talk about what was happening to them at home in terms of foreclosures, in terms of bad loans that were being, I mean, these Shylocks who took advantage of, uh, of these women and men. Way back from Mumbai to go meet with President Xi in China, I stopped in Singapore to meet with a guy named Lee Kuan Yew who most foreign policy experts around the world say is the most the wisest man in the orient. I'm not a racist bone in my body. But I tell you if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black
3: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. How is everyone doing tonight out there on the interwebs around the world and beyond? I hope we're all doing great on this, what is it, Thursday? My days get away from me, ladies and gentlemen, sometimes. But we are here doing it live on a Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening, Thursday night, depending on where in the world you are. And I hope everyone's having a great Thursday evening. We are here parked at February 10th, 2022 to bring you a brand new news day with some brand new headlines or whatever it is that we have up our um, faux designer sleeves here at the C-Report. I am your host, Mr. C, as usual, and welcome to another brand new edition of the C-Report. And uh, yeah, we're looking to do it uh, pretty good and pretty live with you. We got got a pretty uh, special show for you guys today. I would say it's special. We're going to uh go back to one of our uh one of our old 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 segments that we love to do here, ladies and gentlemen, and that's you know uh well the only the only other reason why we may not have ran these segments as much as we had in the past is because well we got a lot of news to cover, you know what I mean, so we can't always uh we can't always indulge ourselves although. If y'all wanted to sit here with me for about four or five hours, we could indulge these segments, but uh, they're hardly segment at all because when we're talking about segments, well, President Trump is anything but a segment. He's more like a full main course that Mr. President Trump is, but uh, uh, we'll be running uh, an interview with President Trump tonight that I thought uh, might be of interest to some of the friends and family out there. Some of the MAGA supporters, some of the true patriots, some of those who love this country and love to hear the voice, the perspective, the viewpoint of our president—that is President Donald J. Trump, ladies and gentlemen. So you can be looking forward to that tonight for sure. Uh, we'll be airing the uh, President Trump and uh, um, Cash Patel interview tonight, ladies and gentlemen. It's a uh, Cash's Corner, I think, is the name of his show. And, uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I think that, I think, uh, don't, don't quote me. I could be wrong, but I think that uh, I think that uh, interview sits behind a paywall. Uh, so you know, I'm oh well. I mean, I have the ability to share it with you guys, so I'm going to share it with you guys tonight. So definitely be looking forward to that tonight, and then we'll have a few stories to round out the evening uh, that I think uh, will be of some use to us moving forward into the future, and also highlighting some of the things that uh, you know we don't want to go unseen or unnoticed. And uh, these will particularly be pertaining to, oh, who could that be? That's nefarious country to the east, otherwise known as China. So we'll have that kind of a focus for you guys tonight. We'll keep it nice. We'll keep it simple. We'll keep it light. We won't get too heavy this evening. And uh, well, we'll see where we go from there. Well, we'll see where we where we go from there. In the meantime, before we get started, if I might remind everyone who's listening to us today, uh, catch us live on any of the platforms that we uh, currently uh, broadcast on, uh, anywhere from pill.net to foxhole.app. If you are uh, if you are a member at any of those two platforms, I would encourage you to seek out my Pilled account. And uh, follow me for free. Yeah, follow me. And I believe that comes with notifications now. So uh, anytime we're going live, uh, as long as you've uh, popped in your phone number there or maybe even an email address and you favorite this show, well, ladies and gentlemen, most definitely you will be kept abreast on when we're going live. We started at 747 p.m. Central Time today. Just ask Relanon. He was hanging out for a minute. Good evening, Relanon. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for gifting 117 gold pills. Always appreciate it, sir. Always appreciated. And uh, let's see here. Uh, Also, you can follow us for free on Twitch. Uh, You know, over at Twitch, I don't have anything behind the paywall over there, per se. Uh, You know, you could always subscribe, uh, which would be great, you know, uh, because we could definitely use the financial support here at the hallowed halls of the C-Studios. Or you could toss bits at us if you'd like to. Um, Either way, that would be uh, much appreciated or just follow for free. You know, you could do that as too as well, uh, but we definitely appreciate your support. And all I could say is if you're going to be checking this out free, maybe you could at least be spreading the word, spread some links, let your friends know, hey, there's this fabulous potato headed shaped man that comes on in the evenings, Monday through Friday, and he tells the news and the views like, uh, not like too many other people do. I think, uh, I think that would be, uh, I think that would be most appreciated on our end. Help spread the word, help us grow, help me, if you enjoy what I'm doing and you want me to stay around, uh, that would most definitely, uh, that would most definitely be beneficial for both of us in that case, I guess you could say. So, uh, yes, most definitely. Otherwise, you know, yeah. Hit that subscribe button or, uh, you know, uh, do what you got to do to help me Breathe and stay alive, ladies and gentlemen. We're also over at Clout Hub, of course, and uh, you can most definitely uh, you can most definitely uh, follow us for free there. But do follow us if you're uh, enjoying this uh, if you're enjoying this broadcast over there at Clout Hub. Uh, you know, uh, subscribe for free to the channel. Uh, you know, follow the follow our account over there. Uh, I know we got a couple of uh, you know well, pretty pretty hardcore followers over there at Clout Hub. I, I've been tracking one of you hodges allison from clout hub to uh to anchor to uh now you're you're over at pills now so it looks like <laughs> it looks like you're taking us over uh at all at all um all avenues that you can uh, take advantage of the show and i'm all for it thank you for the support and uh that's most definitely appreciated finally if you are joining us over at rumble which is actually our fourth new home. Uh, we got we got four homes, guys. At least four homes, uh, because you know I like to uh, I like to share the wealth and spread myself thin. Um, you know uh, you can definitely follow us at Rumble, ladies and gentlemen. Follow us for free. You can catch us live and broadcasting. And you can also catch out, uh, not cash out, catch out, catch up with any of our past episodes and check out those replays um, uh, for sure over there, you know. And if you're feeling generous, then uh, send over, what is it called? A rumble rant? I'm still learning some of these things. Like, uh, I had no idea what a bit was. I was like, what is this bit what? Like, bit shoot? Like, Bitcoin? Like, what are we talking about here? We're talking about things that I just do not understand, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so, uh, well, 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 we get it now. We get it now. And, uh, you know, uh, the um, uh, family over there at uh, Pilled and at Foxhole are always rather generous with their gold pills. But, uh, you know, if you'd like to uh, donate gold pills um, our way over here at the C-Report for the Mr. C-Channel or Mr. C-TV... You definitely help us with those finances and much appreciated. That's actually how I'm bringing you guys the uh, Cash Patel interview tonight. Uh, you see what I spend my gold pills on. <laughs> I spend my gold pills on news and information and making sure that I get this information out to you guys on a platform that won't crash every other day. Uh, so, anyways, guys, uh, if not that, take us on the road take us uh, to go ladies and gentlemen uh, hop on over to anchor.fm/ the c report uh, where you can find any podcasting platform that you would uh, you might enjoy uh, to listen to the c report on every time you listen to the c report you most definitely uh, help us out over here as well we get I get I get your two cents ladies and gentlemen. Anytime you uh, download or listen to an episode of the Sea Report, you can subscribe for free. Or, of course, if you would like to support, they also offer that uh, to you guys at uh, three three monthly contribution rates: ninety nine cents, four ninety nine, or nine ninety nine. For those of you who are subscribing to us. Uh, with a monthly contribution over there at Anchor.fm. It is greatly appreciated. We can't do this without you guys. I, you know, the longer I do this, the more that becomes apparent, because the longer I do this, the more and more I don't have, like, you know, uh, a substantial and, uh, um, uh, what is that called, uh, a residual income. So uh, it definitely helps, guys, uh, especially when we're getting into those moments where we are thinning ourselves out and we're skipping meals and we're just walking everywhere because, uh, well, at this point I can't buy a car, but it's okay, guys. It's okay. I just got to get that little bit of uh, housekeeping out of the way before we get started, ladies and gentlemen. I definitely thank you uh, for allowing me to do that. Got to gotta do a little bit of the plugging to t- help try and pay the bills uh, because otherwise, um, well, you know... We'll see what happens. But anyways, guys, thank you again for joining us on this Thursday night. Oh, you know, I I should say also, we also accept donations. <laughs> Pardon me, guys. I'm trying to get this stuff out of the way because I'm such a terrible salesman. Like, you guys have no idea how awkward it makes me to uh, feel uh, saying these things, but... Uh, uh, people tell me I need to get over it and just do it. Like, you know, some people say, if you want us to stay on the air, you better send your donation, click the donation button. Now push that button, send us gold pills, send us cash app. So send- do you love what we do here? Because I don't believe you unless you send me money. Like some people are like that. I just, I, it's so awkward to me to be like that and. I'm told I need to get over it. Uh, We also accept donations by way of PayPal and Cash App. You can read the little ticker tape there down at the bottom if you need the address. Our Cash App is available over at uh, $MACX5x5 or 5x5, however you want to interpret that. And our PayPal is available over at uh, MACX99336. Ladies and gentlemen, I think I'm done now. Okay, (laughs) we can get on with the news. Okay, all right. I hope everyone is doing well again tonight. As I said, if you're joining us on uh, all of our, uh, uh, well, our few platforms here, and also most definitely over at the Foxhole. Good evening again, Mr. Elanon. Kaori, good evening, sir. I will uh, get back to you as soon as I have the ability to. And uh, Bubbles, good evening, Bubbles. Thanks for joining us again. It's nice seeing you pop up there in the audience, Bubbles, and I uh, most definitely appreciate that can donation that you are sending my way to the show. All right, guys, let's go ahead and get underway because let's face it we've got uh, we've got a pretty I I enjoyed the interview uh, very much. Now, uh, Cash Patel, it's he's not soft spoken. He's just very very respectful. And uh, you know, the, it's a pretty good interview. It's got it's got some nuggets in there. You know, they talk a little bit of Durham. They talk a little bit of geopolitical and uh, uh, um, foreign policy. So very much worth uh, the uh, very much worth the time invested into watching. Said interview, so I'm actually looking forward to sharing that with you guys. Uh, today was uh, today was an I think it was a pretty much appropriate day for this type of thing. You know, I uh, had a lot of things going on, had a lot of things to secure, and uh, as far as the uh, the old homestead goes, and uh, it was it was overall a well accomplished though busy day. And by busy, it wasn't busy, but it was it was very very uh, full. I guess you could say or packed. I don't know how else you would describe it, but a good one either way. Uh, So let's go ahead and get started. Looks like Mez has popped into the good evening. Mez Uh, says Pasadena, California. The unvaccinated are not a threat to society. They are a threat to authority. Here, here... Mez, yeah, we actually will do a couple of COVID stories uh, tonight, so uh, we'll have that after the uh, Cash Patel President Trump interview, and uh, most definitely, guys, I think you guys will like that, but yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's, that statement right there, Mez, is t-shirt worthy, I would say, that statement is t-shirt worthy for sure, um, and casual GG17, good to see you, sweetie, and Aurelius Locke. Great to see you as well. Great show with Speak last night. Oh, hey, Aurelius. Were you lurking on that one? Oh, you probably caught the replay, didn't you, Aurelius? I appreciate that. That We had a good time last night. Actually, I might as well throw a bone in on that one, too. Uh, I hung out over at the Speak and Easy's channel last night. Uh, we did a news show together last night called This is News. So, I don't know. Uh, it, could, it could be the start of something wonderful. Uh, it could be the start of something downright disastrous, because after all, you had Mr. C behind the bar with the bartender. <laughs> Anyways, guys, well, I would say if you want if you want a clue about any of that show, go ahead and check out the Speak Uneasies. This is news, uh, which aired last night on his channel, uh, which you can find over at the Foxhole as well as Twitch. And he might be on some other uh platforms that we would prefer not to promote here at the Sea Report because they've done such a bad job of promoting me, but either way, if you go check out his uh, channel over at Foxhole or at Twitch, um, you can definitely find all those links and uh you know let us know what you thought about it guys. let us know what you thought about it it was uh it was kind of a nice way to break away from uh the work week. And all of, the, all of the research, analysis, and uh, formulation of the shows that, at least for me, that I do on my end. Okay, guys, that's it. That is enough, guys. That is enough. We're going to start our news report with a few statements from President Trump. But what's this? Why what, do we got a picture of Cocaine Mitch on the screen, ladies and gentlemen? Good old Cocaine Mitch. You know what that means. I will never grow tired of that. I'm like, that's genius. And I don't normally think like that about myself, but maybe I should. President Trump did say, after all, the first thing you should do is never call yourself average. Never demean yourself like that. That is genius, Mr. C. All right. Okay. (laughs) So now we're speaking Trump's lingo. We're going to try and get on his level. Uh, I'm still quite a few levels underneath him, but anyhow... Cocaine Mitch, I don't know, Mr. Mitch. I would not buy that sack of cocaine. that looks like a sack of flour to me, not cocaine. ha okay, well well, why are we why do we have cocaine Mitch's face on the screen? Um, it's because well the we have two statements that President Trump lovingly placed on his desk for us to read uh, this evening. And they are indeed uh, stories about uh, Mitch McConnell. Uh, Maybe not directly pertaining to Cocaine Mitch, but, uh, you know, directly pertaining to Mitch McConnell. (laughs) Now, for those of you who are new to this uh, broadcast, or those of you who have absolutely no idea what we mean when we say Cocaine Mitch... It took me a while to figure it out as well, okay? I was like, well, why the heck do they call him Cocaine Mitch? So, you know, after doing a little bit of digging into it, I was like, oh, okay, so there was, a, there was like a senator representative who referred to him as Cocaine Mitch and ran a couple of, you know, a, a crack ads. Uh not crack ads. They ran a couple of, uh, of uh, hit ads against good old Cocaine Mitch. Uh, but basically what it boils down to is his daddy his daddy seems to have uh, really uh, been into involved in some of this uh, this drug running, uh, cocaine running, So, uh, or at least was involved into it to an extent. And of course, his daddy's cocaine money ended up in his pockets and uh, lining his campaign efforts. So, uh, well, I guess I figured out the uh, big old mystery of why they call this man Cocaine Mitch. What I really want it to do, though, is because, guys, you know, I just, I have a thing for the camera, and it's not because... Uh, the camera likes me. It's because I love the way the camera looks on some of these people. I was going to just share with you guys the many faces of Cocaine Mitch. I mean, first of all, we have, oh, I sell cocaine. You're not supposed to know about Mitch McConnell. And then you got this one. This is... uh <laughs> This is, uh whoops, I accidentally broke wind in the chamber, Cocaine Mitch. So, <laughs> all right, Cocaine Mitch. He, he's like, either that or he needs to pass gas. <laughs> but I think the number one question that I always have with Mitch McConnell is, how is it that he always manages to make these... Uh, charlie brown like frowning faces like it's at the most opportune time all the time like this one <laughs> i was like what face of cocaine mitch is this one is this the i'm coming up for water cocaine mitch face i don't know what i'm sorry not coming up for water i'm coming up for air cocaine mitch or 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 maybe the i severely disapprove of you passing true conservative laws face cocaine Mitch this is this is his i do not approve of election integrity face that's probably what this face of cocaine mitch how about this one <laughs> now this one is not i need to pass gas this one's like i just crop dusted all i just crop dusted president trump that's what this face is right here i don't know about you guys but uh or he's up to something He's definitely up to something with that face there. And, you know, it's it's weird to see him smile. When he smiles, and it's interesting how his smiles still look like frowns. When he smiles, uh, you know something is up. Ladies, did you look at this one? This one is the fake look of disapproval. This is the one that he says, this is the one when he looks, he's like, now AOC? Oh, wait, I forgot. She's a Democrat. I mean, he's... <laughs> I was like, I forgot. He's not a Democrat. She's not a Republican. My bad. Okay, wait, 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 wait. wait. Let's try this one again. Now. <laughs> I can't do it like his voice. His voice is far too deep for me to try and, like, impersonate. I mean, you guys all know what cocaine sounds like, I'm sure. But this is his fake disapproval face. This is the face that he makes at a rhino that's done something wrong. And he wants the world to believe that he is reprimanding them. That's what this face is right there. I'm not going to even try and do his voice again because I'm just going to start laughing. Okay, (laughs) so there's this face. Now, this is just the constipated face. Okay, (laughs) This is just the, or this is just the, this is just the, I don't know, a conservative, an election integrity bill passed and he had to agree with it. And so he threw up in his mouth a little bit. (laughs) How about that one? That's the kind of face that this cocaine Mitch is making right here. What's the next one? Oh, this one's the creepy smile. Okay. This is the creepy smile. He's like, I stuck my finger up your butt and there's nothing you can do about it. Like that. (laughs) You don't want to be around Cocaine Mitch when he's smiling like that. Or That's a really bad... That is that is a bad smile right there, guys. And look at the veins that are popping up beneath... Above his eye. Look at that. Look at that. Too much cocaine, Mitch. <laughs> Put down the powder. We can see your your varicose uh, underneath your eyelids there, sir. Not bueno. Not bueno. We need you to last another... 50 years, sir, so you can continue to destroy America and uh, bring down this country that has served you so well, sir. Anyways, I guess the whole point of showing you these Cocaine Mitch faces, now that's the come to Jesus moment, Cocaine Mitch face. Cocaine Mitch makes this face when he knows he's been found out. When he knows he's headed for the gallows, when he knows everyone knows he's a treasonous SOB, that is his come-to-Jesus face, ladies and gentlemen. So, I thank you for allowing me to humor you with the many faces of Cocaine Mitch, as similar as they are, and I still, you know, someone fire his PR guy, his publicist. Because they keep letting him, uh, they keep letting them get away with those pictures of him and his, uh, and his, uh, raggedy and, uh, painful looking smiles. Um, his, his, I don't know, what would you call that? The eternal catfish frown of Cocaine Mitch. I don't know, guys, but it's terrible. Anyways, let's see what President Trump has to say about Cocaine Mitch. Okay, after all of that, (laughs) guy, I just had to humor myself today. I'm telling you, I'm having a good day today. I'm having a good day today. Uh, if you're joining us on the podcast, make sure you go back to, uh, well, you can find it probably easiest on Rumble, but go back to Foxhole, go back to Clout Hub. You know, and uh, look up episode 245 if you'd like to see the faces of Cocaine Mitch. Okay, trying to make this interactive on both sides of the coin, right? For the live stream and for the podcast, because we don't simulcast here. uh, But uh, we definitely do have both versions handy for whatever preference you have in uh, receiving this type of media. Okay, let's talk about President Trump's first statement about cocaine, Mitch. All right, what does he got to say? President Trump says, For the old crow, Mitch McConnell, to say that the RNC should not censor walking Democrat soundbites Liz Cheney, he should call her China Liz Cheney. And he should call her China Liz Cheney because, well, we got a story for you guys coming up later on about China Liz Cheney. So we got China Liz Cheney and crying, I was going to say Ryan Adams, crying, because I want to say crying, Lydon, hiding, Biden, but it's Cryan Adam Kinsinger. And uh, he says this is so against what Republicans are about, okay? It's not as bad as the two-month extension he gave the Democrats when they were ready to fold, but the censure of Cheney and Kinsinger is a good and very appropriate thing to do as it pertains to our great Republican party. Now, we have like, what, three of the ten of the band of brothers who have dropped out who will no longer be seeking re-election, who are, who are wanting to retire to spend time with their family, right? Who is that? Uh, Anthony Gonzalez, I think he was the first to go. Wasn't it John Catgo? He was another one to go. I, I forget the third one. Was it Upton? Updike? Not Updike. Not not that uppity Updike, no. Um, yeah, it might have been him. But uh who do, who do you think will be next to go guys? Who do you think will be next to go? Do you think that all of this uh attention that the likes of these two crying uh, band of brothers uh China Cheney and uh, what is the other name they have for Ch- for Liz Lizard Liz Cheney or something like that? Lizard Cheney, I don't know. I don't know. How about your daddy was a warmonger and a war hawk and a war criminal and he probably also you know, trafficked humans. Liz Cheney. Okay. And then Crying Adam Kinsinger, you know, they always act tough in public. They always cry when they're bent over a desk. Well, crying Adam Kinsinger, he messed up that time. And uh let me tell you what, that uh that name, that nickname, that pet name, where we well we got we gotta pet the sweaty things and not sweat the petty things will probably never leave him. Next statement from President Trump. Oh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is another cocaine Mitch statement. Let's see what we got to say here. All right, Mitch McConnell does not speak for the Republican Party and does not represent the views of the vast majority of its voters. He did nothing to fight for his constituents and stop the most fraudulent election in American history, and he does nothing to stop the lawless Biden administration, the invasion of our borders, rising inflation, unconstitutional mandates, the persecution of political opponents, fact-finding on the incompetent Afghanistan withdrawal, the giving away of our energy independence, etc., which is all because of the fraudulent elections. Let us not forget that, ladies and gentlemen. Instead, he bails out the radical left and the rhinos. If Mitch would have fought for the election, like the Democrats would have if in the same position, we would not be discussing any of the above today, and our country would be strong and proud instead of weak and am embarrassed. Cocaine Mitch, you are such a dishonor. Did any of you guys out there see the meme that was circulating today about President Trump becoming the Speaker of the House? Now, I, I, you know, when you see a meme like that and it's coming from a source that you think is at 80 to 85, 90% reputable, you have to go and search for that information. So I went to go search. I didn't find it. So I can uh, I think I can confidently say that that was just a meme like any other meme ladies and gentlemen but uh you know every time I think yes it could be a good idea for president Trump to become the speaker because you know he would wield you know a certain amount of authority there that uh could be beneficial I have to check myself before I wreck myself and say you know what he never ever, ever, ever conceded as president and uh, we understand him to still be the rightfully, dualfully elected president. So I don't even think on a technicality he could run for House Speaker unless the tides have, uh, the currents have shifted, you know, the storyline has changed, the timeline is altered Because all of that could be the case, too. And then, you know, they could say, well, yeah, I never did concede, but, you know, I'm still going to do this anyways. I mean, I don't know. But I think quite definitely, uh, well, it could be a good strategy for him to be the Speaker of the House. I just, I want him to be the president that he was born to be. And that, my friends, is my president. All right, guys. Okay, I'm gonna get off my little melodrama box there. Shanjo, thank you so much for gifting the cookie. Cat, uh, cataxidly. Did I say that right? CD tax lady. <laughs> Sorry, my vision's going. CD Tax Lady, thank you for uh, gifting the shades over there. I appreciate you uh, sending that this way. Uh, Most definitely. Canoe Tripper, good evening, good day. How are you doing today? Good to see you and Aurelius Locke. Still uh, hanging out over there, I see, buddy. I hope you guys like that uh, Mitch McConnell, Old Crow, Cocaine Mitch segment. I I think I'm going to clip that out. And put it on my socials, just because I had a lot of fun doing that. Connie Ketchup, good evening, how are you doing? Uh, Connie Ketchup says, he looks like Walter Puppet from Jeff Dunham, comedian, ventriloquist. Yes, I remember Walter, uh, Walter the Puppet, Jeff Dunham, and I kill you! I kill you now! Right? Yeah, I remember him. That was always a hoot. I actually got to see uh, him one time live. Uh, When I was uh, working as security at, uh, you know, one of them venues that she used to be able to go to before Uh, COVID-19. A perfectly planned pandemic by a genuinely manufactured uh, disease from, uh, from the halls of China by way of the funding of American taxpayer dollars. Yeah, that type of a venue. Yeah, it was fun times, guys. It was fun times. Um, all right, guys. Well, before we get into the rest of the show today, I told you we're going to keep it light and simple tonight. Uh, we are going to watch uh, the interview du jour between uh, Cash Patel and President Trump. This is a brand new interview, I think, out within the last 24 hours uh, as uh, as recorded and distributed by Cash's Corner which is a a television program, a broadcast, a live stream, a show that comes out behind the paywalls of the Epoch Times, ladies and gentlemen. Your gold pills, I would say, go to good causes. And uh, so, yeah, that's what we're going to do to start up the show. We got a couple of articles right after this interview, maybe three articles. We'll talk China. We'll talk COVID-19. We'll talk China Cheney. And uh, I think that'll be a good wrap for this evening, guys. So I hope you guys are looking forward to this. I know I am. Can't wait to share it with you guys. And uh, well, with that said, let me make sure we're set up for good sound, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you all are having a great, fabulous Thursday. I feel like I got a lot accomplished today. It was so busy, you know. Um, Who knows? Maybe if I do a pop-in later on, I can tell you all about it. But I could tell you one thing for sure. We're finally getting some Mr. C stuff. We're going to get some Mr. C stickers here, guys. We're going to get some professional Mr. C stickers. It's going to be, you know, I would say it's going to be our first item in our uh, merch shop. But they're stickers, guys. I'll probably just give them away. Uh, But any or, you know, someone you can donate or something like that if you want a sticker. I don't know. I'll figure it out. Or maybe it'll be like the first 10... To come to the show or I don't know, I'll figure something out. I don't know. I'll mull it over. Okay, guys, here we go. Oh, and the best part is I was able to uh what do you call it? I was able to uh, uh well I had to, you know, redesign and do some stuff so you could read. Like I've shown you this guys before, right? Look <laughs> my business card. My business card says the report, because <laughs> you can't see the darn sea. Okay. <laughs> We fixed that ladies and gentlemen we fixed that you can now see the sea okay so it just took me about half my life to do it okay with that said ladies and gentlemen let's go ahead and get this uh, let's go ahead and get this going thank you for the cookie Sean Joe. it is so much appreciated and uh, connie ketchup says i think there is a legal reason he could not run for speaker or something i just remember hearing something well i'm pretty sure that uh, that something's probably true uh, but either way, Miss Connie, Mister Sean, Mister Aurelius, Mister uh 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 Mister uh CD uh Tax Lady, uh, Mrs. CD Tax Lady Mez, Casual GG, Canoe Trip, Railanon, Kayori, Bubbles, my lovely lovely friends in the chat room and everyone beyond. Uh, here comes that interview. We'll see you in about it's about eh, 30, 35 minutes long. So you know if if you if you want to go fox hopping. Or if you want to go uh, peruse the Twitchers or whatever, just be back in 35 minutes. Uh, Just kidding. (laughs) All right, guys. We'll see you in a minute. Hey, everybody. During the past
2: year, we've been fortunate to have some great conversations on Cash's Corner. Mm -hmm. Today, I think is the most special. Today, we are going to be talking to my former boss about, on camera, what he and I discussed in person so often, be it in the Oval Office, in the residence, or on the road with the President. We talked about defeating terrorists. We talked about ending the never-ending wars. We talked about bringing home American hostages, reforming the intelligence community, and so much more. Those conversations were had on Air Force One, Marine One, or the Oval Office. Today, on camera, we bring you some of these conversations with the former president of the United States, Donald Trump, here in Mar-a-Lago. Mr. President, thanks so much for joining us on Epoch Times and Cash's Corner. We're, we're excited to have you. Thank you Thank for being with us today at, at wonderful Mar-a-Lago. I'm glad to be talking to you. I'd want to sort of just jump right in, sir. We know what your administration accomplished against China, against the CCP and how you made Xi Jinping respect you. And we saw how the last year has gone, sir. What I wanted to know is, mr. president, what is it what is the next? what does the next three years look like? How do we take on China? What does the next administration, the next president, have to do not to just get us back to where we were, but even further along? It is the
1: saddest period of time uh, that I've ever seen for our country. We had everything so good, you were a part of it. Mm-hmm. The borders, uh, relationships with other countries, they respected us. We made trade deals that were good deals. We broke bad deals and made great deals like, uh, We got rid of NAFTA, which was a horrible thing. And we have the USMCA with Canada, Mexico. Uh, But this is the saddest time for our country. And I think the most embarrassing time for our country. And it really, look, the borders are a disaster with millions of people coming in. Everything's a disaster. There's nothing good. Inflation. But the point that was the worst, I think, was that whole, the way they withdrew from Afghanistan. Yeah, yeah. The way they withdrew. No, I was. I got them down to two thousand soldiers. I was getting that. We were remember. going to get out with strength and right. dignity, and and our equipment, and <laughs> no deaths. The way they withdrew from Afghanistan was like we were the the gang that couldn't shoot straight. It was the most. And to take out the military before you take out. Now they're hostages. Okay, we'll call yeah. them the hostages. The Americans uh-huh. and some others, but. And now they're just taking thousands and thousands of people out of Afghanistan. They don't even know who they are, where they come from. Uh, We're going to pay a big price later. You watch. You're going to pay a big, big price with terrorism and other things. But um, it it is so sad to see it. How do we we reset China? So it's got to be reset. Uh, China now is uh, going to be on a rampage. I think after the Olympics, bad things will happen with respect to Taiwan. Would have never happened. With if the election weren't rigged, this stuff would have never happened. It was a rigged election and a disgraceful situation. And the uh, what's happening with Russia and Ukraine, mm-hmm. what's happening with uh, North Korea, what's happening with Iran now they're renegotiating from weakness. We would have had a deal with Iran in one week after the election, it was going to be done. They were all set to make a deal, they would have made a deal in, in one week. Instead, this deal they're talking about now is a disaster for our country. Yeah. And it's just uh, you need new leadership. Uh, You
2: know, I could give you 20 different things. I could say do this, do that. They're not going to do it. Well, they're not going to do it. But I think I think what America wants to know is what what should be done, because no one in a position of power like you, Mr. President, is saying what should be done. Everyone's saying it it, when it was great. I agree. I was part of your national security apparatus and we took on Iran and we withdrew from Afghanistan smartly with conditions. and put America first. But people are out there, and I talk to them. They want to know, what do we do? We know it's gotten so bad. Well,
1: what you need we leadership, though, Cash. You know, it's easy to say what you – because you close the border. Mm-hmm. You go back to stay in Mexico. You go back to all of the policies that we had, catch and release. Mm-hmm. We ended – we ended – and it's easy to say that's what you have to do. But they're not going to do that. I used to think they were just grossly incompetent. <laughs> now it's a combination of that, and but their policy is so bad. So it's easy for me to say, you have to do that. You have to get strong with China. You have to do tariffs. You have to do, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of different things.
2: But they're not going to be doing it. If they don't do it, what do, what do we tell Americans? What do uh, we tell the world? I mean, we, you know, tell them to wait three years. I, I, I'll tell you time.
1: that we have got a problem because three years is a long time. Look, they have destroyed our country in one year. Mm-hmm. And they're going to get three more years. They rig an election. They're going to get another three more years. I can't tell you what's going to happen because our country has never gone down so much so fast. We have never been in this position. Uh, What they're doing to our country in terms of criminal justice, Mm -hmm. in terms of trade, in terms of our military, we have these woke generals that don't know what the hell they're doing. (laughs) I know where they leave $85 billion worth of equipment behind and they move the military out before they move the people out. Mm -hmm it's, uh, you know, it's easy to say. I could give you a list of things. I could give you a list of 10 to 15 items and everyone would be perfect, but they're not going to do them. They're not closing the border. I used to think that they were just late. But, you know, the wall could have been done and completed in three weeks. It was almost complete. It took two and a half years to get it started because I had to win 11 lawsuits, mostly by Congress <laughs> and Democrats. Uh, I won all the lawsuits and it was almost complete. And it's still, served, you know, like it's still without it, we had the lowest numbers ever on our southern border. Now we have the worst numbers. Yeah, last year, and that includes million. drugs. The drugs are 10 to 15 times more than they were one year ago. Think of that 10 to 15 times, they're saying. So um, we can give you. Everything to do, but it's just a waste of time because unless you have the right
2: people and you're not, they're not going to do it. So speaking of the right people, sir, we got a midterm election and it looks like the Republicans are poised well. Can leadership in the House and the Senate, like when we had Chairman Nunes and I were running the Russiagate investigation, can we have oversight investigations that help stall or pause the bad policies? And do we have that leadership coming into Congress? Well,
1: you have a lousy leader in Mitch McConnell, and he's proven that a lot, but- Having the Senate is a good thing. Mm-hmm. And getting the House is is gonna be that's gonna be like a stopgap because they'll be able to stop a lot of the things that okay. are being done to destroy our country. So getting the House is a very big thing because you need the House if, if if we have the majority, which we should be able to get. I mean, some people are saying by 45 votes, I heard that we yeah. could get them by a lot, maybe even more than that. And who wouldn't vote for the Republicans right now? And if we get the House, we can stop most of this stuff from happening, at least. That's so big. But what they're doing is in between now and November, that's a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And they are going full speed to get as much as they can. You know, they were never given a mandate, to use mandated in a different term, because <laughs> the mandates are bad, right? Yeah. But they were never given a mandate in this election. right? Because even if you looked at it where they won, which they didn't, they lost by a lot. But if you look at the number, they were so close. It was a, you know, so that's not a mandate to destroy our country. But Americans are seeing that it's going the wrong
2: way, right? You know, Americans it, are it's seeing It's going
1: the wrong way, but it's going a way that if somebody won an election by 40 points, mm-hmm. you know, you maybe could do whatever you want. But this was a thing that they just snuck it over the line. And it's exactly. all coming out now where they, they, look, they lost the election and now they're destroying the country. So think of it. They're destroying our country. They're making us a different country. We're becoming like a socialist or a communist state. We no longer have a press. The press is absolutely the enemy of the people. We don't have a press. If you do a story that's very important from your view, you can't get the story out. It's very hard to get the word out. That's why what you do is so important because you will find a way. But we don't have a free press anymore. We don't have a fair press anymore. And it's sort of interesting because you really wonder, Cash, why? Mm -hmm. Why would they want to have a weak military? Why would they want to have high interest rates and higher taxes? And why would they want to have no border? I mean, no border. Why would they want to have no voter ID, as an example, or sanctuary cities that take care of criminals? You go through all of these things, defund the police. Why do they want to defund our police? They want to take money away. They want to take our police away. Why? You know it can't be possibly good. So either they're stupid, which I don't think they are, mm-hmm. or they hate our country. But you really say, why do they want to do this stuff? Why? Why does somebody want to defund the police? And you see the crime rates in these Democrat cities, it's going through the roof like like it's never been before.
2: And, and I think you're right, sir. I think most of America, the overwhelming majority of Americans, agree with you and your policies from the past administration. What I think Americans are missing right now is the solution, and I, I know three years is a long time away. It's a long time, but you know what? Would, you know if you were if you were back in, and you know what was the first thing you'd say to Oh, say, back in? If I were back say in, say to Xi Jinping
1: the wall first of all okay. the wall, and you finish cause, it because he lo- even for him, you know why? Because yeah. when he sees millions of people pouring into our country, he loses respect for our country. Mm-hmm. This is before the Afghanistan disaster. Mm-hmm. When him and Putin and Kim Jong un and Iran leaders, when they're watching millions of people walk into our country and just from 129 different countries just walk in, they right. lose respect. It's so easy. You close it up. You right. got to close it up. And that would send a big signal, a really big signal. And then you've got to get their respect again. How do you do that? I had, well, you do that by making sure making sure that they know that this country is here and it's here to stay and we're not going to take any nonsense number one our military budget they cut the hell out of it Mm -hmm. so china is building a military like nobody's ever seen before and we're cutting our budget you can't let that happen we have better everything than them if we are allowed to use it okay and you have to gain the respect. And right now, Putin no longer respects our country. That's why they're doing what they're doing. And well, he's doing at, the same thing in Ukraine. Ukraine, right, over in Russia. He's doing well, the,
2: oh, oh. the same campaign. This is,
1: these things would never have happened
2: had I been president. Would you call him today, Putin, and say, this This just can't happen? And I, if I were
1: president, I'd call him. I wouldn't call him if I'm not president <laughs> because it wouldn't be appropriate to do sure. I mean, you know, they'd say, oh, Trump is, uh, look, I'm the one that stopped their pipeline."
2: Yeah, the North Stream. Okay, and then they
1: say, "Oh, Trump was easy." That's the biggest thing that's ever happened to them. Yeah, and I got along well with Putin. I've I've had a very good relationship with him, but he understood, and I understood. We had an understanding. He would have never done Ukraine, and she would have yeah. never been, you know, doing what he's doing. Look, he's looking to do Taiwan. That would have never happened under.
2: Well, you, you, set the, you set the posture, and when I was at Chief of Staff for you at DOD, you set a very tough posture in the South China Sea and, again, you know, and very with Taiwan. Tough. And you're right. He didn't think for a second to come in and do anything. Never now, even thought of. it. Now he's him. taking shots at American dummy ships in the South yeah. China Sea. You're absolutely right. And with Putin, right? In the in the Obama administration, he did the Crimea invasion. In the Biden administration, he's thinking about coming into either Kazakhstan and, uh, and, and, and the Ukraine. But it didn't happen under your... You but were I there... Said,
1: I wiped out 100% of the ISIS caliphate. Yeah. Everyone said it couldn't be done in less than two or three can years. I, I did I, it in one month. I
2: got to tell a story. Go ahead. Uh, I don't mean to interrupt the president here, but I was running counterterrorism for you, and you said, "Cash, I've got some very simple policies I'd like to get done. I want to kill al-Qaeda senior leadership. I want to wipe out the emirs of ISIS, and I want to make sure we shut Iran down. Mr. President, I had a I had a uh, an org chart for ISIS and Al Qaeda on the back of my office door when I was head of CT for you. And we X'd out 98 percent of the people on org chart because you took the fight to them. And that was a humbling and impressive experience. Do you think now with what happens in Afghanistan, they're going to be back on the rise and we're going to have to deal with that? Well, they already
1: are on the rise. And look, uh, they were they were wiped out 100 percent. You know, remember I wanted to leave because we were 95% there. I said, oh, we can leave now. Let these other countries handle it. Let Russia handle it. Let uh, Iran handle it. You know, we're doing their work for them, like with ISIS in particular. They hate ISIS. I said, they can handle the rest. And then the press said, oh, it wasn't 100%. I said, "Okay, I'll do 100%. And I wiped out in two weeks 100% ISIS-free Iraq and Syria. Nobody could believe it. And I had great generals. Here's the good news. We have great generals, not the guys like Milly that you see on television. We have really great generals. I know a lot of them. Yeah. And look at the job they did for me when I when I went to at, when I said go get them. They went. That was the end, and I didn't go through Milly. <laughs> when I said go get them, we did an incredible job with ISIS. People don't even believe it to this day. Uh, we also had thousands of soldiers on the border between Syria and Turkey, and I said. Why are we protecting Turkey or Syria? Why are we in the middle of these two armies that have been there for a thousand years more? Mm-hmm. Why are we doing that? I took the soldiers out. You did. So we got down to like 50. I said, I'm not going to let 50 soldiers be between these armies. I got them out. And everyone said, oh, what a mistake. Nothing happened. No. Nothing happened. We had 5,000 soldiers there. And I t- kept taking them out, taking them out, taking them out because they why are we at police? We can't protect our own border, our southern border, and yet we're, we're protecting a border between thousands of miles away, between Turkey and Syria. I said, bring them home. I took them out. You know what happened? Nothing. Nothing. But They you, went back to where they've been for the last 2,000 your, years. Your foreign policy, you, you drew us
2: out of wars, yeah. you, of the forever wars, as we yeah. called them. And you know I ran that for you in Afghanistan, Iraq, and Syria. And you did that successfully. Do you see us going back the other way? Are we going to, in the next year or so, with the current leadership structure, with the politicization of the national security apparatus, how do we stop us from going back into an Afghanistan with the rise of ISIS and
1: well, people don't know. We also fought Russia. You yeah. know, we uh, were being hit a little bit by Russia. And I said, don't do it again. Don't do it. I said it two times. And then we did something. People don't talk about it. And I'd rather have them not talk about it. But we hit them very hard. Yeah and they know it and we know it and everybody and it was a level of respect that we developed that was very good and even a relationship but we developed a level of respect yeah we shouldn't be fighting with russia we shouldn't be fighting with these countries we should get along and that includes china we would have had a very good relationship with china COVID was too much to take, because when that mm. came in, and it came in from China, it came in from the Wuhan labs, now everyone agrees.
2: You and I knew it back then when Rick Grinnell and I briefed you. That's right. Rick was and, great. And you you shut down travel yep. from China at, right after the briefing that Rick and I gave you when we were running the intel community. And, and that was the right move. that people didn't want it done. And, and now they still have, two years later, the rest of the world has yep. travel bans in place. Right. What do you say to them about all these travel bans and everything that they're still doing? Well, now? I say
1: this. I say China got away with something that's absolutely terrible. One of the Worst things ever to happen to the world, maybe the worst thing, because the whole world has been so affected by the China virus. The world has been affected, but I had a great relationship with China up until that point. At that point, it was too much. To, how do you have a great relationship when you have millions of people all over the world dying? Oh, yeah. And now Biden gets in, he does such a horrible job with the COVID. It's it's like they don't know what the hell they're doing, and he came in. Oh, I'm going to solve COVID. I was. They had more in his year. And that's after all of the everything that we have. We developed therapeutics, vaccines, everything with all of the stuff they have, all of the knowledge that we learned, all of the gear that we bought, you know, with the ventilators and with the outfits and the masks, the goggles. We stocked up the whole country. We did a great job. I got very little credit for doing that was an incredible job. All the cupboards were bare. The states were bare. The United States government, our cupboards were empty. They were all right. empty. You've and them. we stocked them up. And Biden comes in, and they didn't know what they were doing.
2: And, and now we've got terrible. tests coming in that are made in China.
1: We have tests coming in made in China that don't work. They didn't have any tests. For the new variant that came in, they are so unprepared.
2: It's been terrible. So what do you tell the American public who are now sick and tired of being locked up for two years, who know your administration yeah. did all that successful stuff, What do you tell America now saying going forward? What do we do? You have to end
1: the mandates. The mandates are horrible and they have to be ended and they shouldn't have started. Initially, I closed it to China, but I let the governors make the decision on what they're going to do. You know, not every state closed. Some did. Some didn't. Some absolutely remained open. You know, the ones and I know the ones. But I, I said, you make your own decision from a state standpoint. It was really the right thing to do. The Democrats went crazy, and they just closed everything. New York, I don't know if it's ever going to be the same what they did in yeah, New York. our home. Yeah. No, it's so, dis- it's so sad what happened in New York. You look at what happened. But uh, the, some of these states were uh, what happened in Los Angeles, what happened in parts of California. Um, but a lot of Republicans did a very, very just a great job in terms of that. But, you know, I didn't close anything. I let the governors make it's that not- decision.
2: So is that, so I think that's a distinction that's lost on a lot of people, Mr. President. I think so. You, they think I closed. No, you, close. you respected the state's rights, powers, and was that... Federalist. Was, no. Yeah. I said to the governors, you do
1: what you have to do, but I did close our country to China and right saved vote. hundreds of thousands of lives. And I closed it to Europe, too, when I saw what was happening in Italy, France, mm-hmm. and Spain. And then if you look at, you know, uh, virtually every country, I mean, it got to a point, and I closed it very early, a little bit after China, but we closed it to Europe. And those two closures, Europe and China, Mm -hmm. they saved hundreds of thousands of
2: lives. And so now you would, you know, now we're past it. You would tell the American people now. Get on with your life. Move on, right? Now I say. And you know, the
1: whole concept of children with the children getting, going through all of this, masks and vaccinated what they're doing is just absolutely crazy they say they do it because they're on a power trip it's hard to believe why what's the power trip i don't get it but it's just
2: wrong what they're doing i've only got i've got two more things i know you have to get going mr president but i want to definitely ask you about two things and then a personal story if i may okay one we talked about it briefly iran okay we got the ayatollah rising iran's the largest state sponsor of terrorism you took out soleimani rightly so i was there with you when you did it an amazing day again your march to eliminate not defeat just eliminate terrorism flat out what do you tell the american people about iran marching towards a nuclear weapon now how do we how do we give them confidence to say that we won't let that happen
1: well you can't let it happen and i think biden is letting it happen you can't let it happen you won't be able to talk this is a uh, this is an ideology religious that that is not going to be acceptable you can't let it happen mm-hmm. if he lets it happen it's going to be a horrible day for the world. Israel will not exist, in my opinion, if they let that happen. And, you know, Israel, if you look back at Israel and what I did with the capital of Israel yeah. Jerusalem and all, uh, if you, and Golan Heights, but yeah. the biggest thing I did was ending the Iran nuclear deal. That was the biggest thing. You know, yeah. I did Golan Heights. I did the capital of Israel, coming to Jerusalem, moving the embassy. I, not only did I move it there, I built it. I built the embassy. Yeah. I built it for $500,000. I took a building that we had already there in Jerusalem. And I built the embassy. We built it. And it's beautiful. It's, it uses Jerusalem stone. Okay? You,
2: would you tell, you know, Israeli Americans and people in Israel now that you think this administration is going to let Iran get a nuclear weapon? I think
1: so. It looks like they are going to. Yeah, it's not even conceivable. I think it's uh, going to be
2: one of the tragic moments of history. How do we prepare for that? How do How do, not not government? We know this administration is not is politicizing i had this him right i know would, you did i had him stay. how do you, how do you give the american people the, you know the so many people that backed you how do you give them a little faith to say in the next year or two with new leadership we can get it back well, and get it better well there
1: are different kinds of things we can stop people from doing this horrible thing that's happening mm-hmm. again the election should have never been allowed to go through the supreme court didn't have the courage to do what should have been done a lot of very bad things happened mm-hmm. very bad things The House will help, but they won't be able to help very much because I think we're going to have a tremendous victory in the House and we can win the Senate. But I think we're going to have a tremendous victory in the House. And that'll be a blocker. But that doesn't stop Iran from having nuclear weapons. That's done through the administration. Right now, it almost seems like they don't mind if they have nuclear weapons. I mean, that seems to be their policy. And the problem they have is they have they are being decimated on so many fronts. Hey, look, I had no inflation. I had low gas prices. We were energy independent. We were how respected we get, by we Russia, respected by China, respected by Kim Jong-un. North Korea, we were respected by Iran. We were really respected by Iran. I'm telling you, we would have had a deal in on one. We way, had them on the heels. But we were respected by everybody. Every single thing that I just said and multiply it times three is a disaster now. Even supply chain... You know, I never heard the term supply chain while I was in... It, there was no such thing. It, it just took you. care. Everything worked out well. There was no supply chain issue. There was no problem. Nobody talked about, well, we got to start working about. I leave office and within less than a year, the stores are all empty. For Christmas, it was only good if you didn't want to buy somebody a Christmas present <laughs> and you saved the money because you'd go into a store and you couldn't buy anything. And that was the only time, Cash, that I've never seen anything like it so i don't want to take credit for supply chain this was just happening routinely and it has been for many many years these guys have destroyed our supply chain i was in california and where the boats come in with the big cargo Mm -hmm. containers yeah long beach i have never seen anything and i've been passing it for Mm -hmm. 20 years i have property out there i've been passing it for 20 years and i've seen it for 20 years and it was, you know, something yeah, that The container would come in, it would be on a truck and it would be gone. And you, they're stacked up like I've never seen anything. You, there are thousands and thousands of containers. I said, they'll never get rid of these things. They'll never get rid of them. How and this we, goes how on for miles. By the way, that's a big port. Yeah. And this is going on for miles. And I, I said, look at that. So. I just got to see it for the first time in a few years. Mm -hmm. And I said, I've never seen anything like it. So supply chain's a big problem. So you take that on. Well, it's all, look, everything's fixable, Mm -hmm. but you need the right people to fix it. We don't have the people now. I'd like to be optimistic, say, here's what you do. Mm -hmm. I can say what to do. And I've said a lot during this interview, I can say what to do, but they're not going to do it. They're not going to freeze the border. They're not going to throw out murderers and drug dealers mm-hmm. that have poured into our country, and terrorists. Yep. We have terrorists coming in from Afghanistan. Yeah, Afghanistan. Well, yeah. And they're being flown in on planes. 3% of the people that they've taken in are vetted and checked. Mm-hmm. And a smaller percentage should be, look, when you have a war and you, that war ends, and I'm the one that really ended it, all I wanted to do is take it out very you want to do efficiently. Smartly. But when that war ends, we don't no country's ever taken in all the people. So the war ends and now we take in tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of Without people. Without betting them. They have no idea who those people are. A big price will be paid.
2: I want to just get one one more personal story. And then one last thing I think you and I always enjoy talking about, sir. You know, when you and I get together, I was, I was fortunate to head up a lot of your hostage rescue operations. Right. And what the world doesn't remember is that you, sir, brought home more Americans and, and citizens from around the world and, and all the previous presidents combined. 48 40. hostages. Actually, i got to correct you. It's 54.
1: Okay, I'll take that.
2: <laughs> I like that correct. 54, 54 hostages and zero dollars. And it was such we a- We never paid. We never paid. And it was such a priority for you. And that then the taxing work that goes into getting just one. But I remember this moment, sir. We were in the Situation Room. I was heading up counterterrorism for you. And it was the night of the Baghdadi strike. And we call Signal Jackpot. You order the raid absolute right call Yep. even though some people are advising you not to do it the absolute right call take out Baghdadi. he's dead you on, on a saturday evening at the white house look at me and you said cash i want the i want the contact information of the muellers the soft the foley's and the casics and we know who they are their children were ravaged by Baghdadi, raped tortured and killed after killing the world's number one terrorist mr president i gotta ask why was it so important to you to call the families that you had avenged? Um, it was pretty emotional for the rest of us that were there that night that the commander-in-chief said, I want to focus on these individuals. And then just two months later, you had Carl and Marsha Mueller as guests of yours and the First ladies, yeah. and you honored them at the State of the Union, and you revealed that we named the Operation 8-17, yes. which is Kayla Mueller's birthday. Why Why, why was that always such a a a pressing issue i didn't
1: know until you just told me that so many people were watching but i felt it was very important these are people that have been absolutely decimated their families destroyed by al Baghdadi and what he did Mm -hmm. and what he did personally it was on a personal basis and one of the first things i said is you got to get al Baghdadi." this was when i first got elected and first came in Mm -hmm. and not easy you know they've been looking for him for Sixteen years they've been looking for him. Yeah, and I said you got to get him. I always say the guy with a fan behind us You know remember <laughs> he's always had that same picture of him and the little fan yeah. behind him as he was preaching. Yeah, but we took out al-Baghdadi and yeah the first thing I did I called the parents and the relatives and mm-hmm. the friends of of the people that were just wow. absolutely, desperate. why was that
2: so important to you sir? Uh,
1: because nobody suffered like they did at the hands of this mm-hmm. animal He was an animal and he was rebuilding ISIS. He was building it, and he was rebuilding it. He was going to rebuild it fast. If I weren't president, you'd have ISIS all over the world right now. We'd have, we knocked it out. We wouldn't have gotten our hostages back. You would have, have never gotten them back. No, we got them back, and uh, we didn't pay for it. You know, if you start paying, if you say I'll give you five million, if you give me, once you start paying, we can't. It's no good, because then you have plenty of negotiations. Okay, we got as you say. 54, 55, 56. I hear different numbers. But whatever it may be, we got them back and we never paid. If you start paying, everybody all of a sudden becomes a hostage. But when they know you're not going to pay, it makes life. And there's still Americans that are hostages. What would you you tell those parents right now? You have in Afghanistan, Yeah. you have hostages right now. And it could be in the thousands. I mean, nobody's telling me the numbers. Nobody knows the numbers. It could be you know, people are saying two or three hundred. That's mm-hmm. too many. One is too many. Yeah. But it could be in the thousands. But you have people because we took our military out first. How stupid is that? Well,
2: you know, let you know this is actually. I'm going to add one on here. You came up with the conditions-based withdrawal for Afghanistan, and I was fortunate enough to be over at DoD, and you, and you said, "Cash, we're not leaving until we get the Americans right. first. We're not leaving. until one we of the get conditions. The, we're not leaving until we wipe out Al Qaeda and ISIS." We're going to leave bagram we're going to keep it we're going to leave special forces in the country and we're going to bring every american home fast forward in juxtaposition what they're doing now they just left people are falling out of the sky to their death and by the way they were texting american citizens in afghanistan to say please come to kabul if you can and we'll get you out yeah. what kind of foreign policy is that well we
1: America? gave them a list we gave the taliban a list of all the people that we knew that were americans as we were leaving It was crazy so now they know it and they Mm. probably have them and some are captured there's no question about it and some are living a very bad life but we gave this all to them the way they did that is not number one it's not excusable and the way they did it it is just uh, not even believable that somebody could be so stupid that they could be so weak and so stupid we look like we surrendered not mm-hmm. one soldier was killed in 18 months. I oh, spoke to that. Abdul. Abdul was the leader of the Taliban, still is. And I had a very strong conversation with him. And we didn't lose one soldier in 18 months. And then we, we flee. There was no reason to even go quickly. I would have said, take the people out, take the equipment out. When everything's gone, get some of the people from Afghanistan that helped us, the interpreters, etc. cetera. Not tens of thousands, not hundreds of thousands, it's a small group but get them i mean people are fleeing afghanistan hundreds of thousands of people are coming out mm-hmm. they're coming into our country we have no idea who they are it's uh do you think we it's very sad do you for, think in the
2: next 3 years we have to go back into afghanistan we as a conventional i volunteer.
1: hope not but i would have kept bagram yeah. it was always my plan to keep bagram not because of afghanistan mm-hmm. they spent billions of dollars building it 20 years ago yeah, you're right. has the longest most powerful runway stick it can handle anything and it's right next to china it's one hour away from where they build their nuclear weapons and they they lost bagram. see the world doesn't know that part about it i don't think people know that i don't know if they know it or not how can you lose bagram it's one hour away from where china does its nuclear weapons now to add insult to injury they have a parade displaying all of the equipment that they got from us think of it yeah. seventy thousand trucks And these are armor-plated, many of them, the most expensive. This is not like you go down to your local dealer. (laughs) Uh, 700,000 machine guns, rifles, weapons. Helicopters. Helicopters, tanks, night goggles, uh, out of the box. brand Better than what we have, the new model, Mm -hmm. the newest model. And here's the other part. China is now taking over Bagram. China is going to have Bagram. And they also have a lot of our weapons because they're, Reengineering engineering and going to build them for themselves because we made the greatest, you know, the Apache helicopters, yeah. et cetera. And they're now studying our helicopters because they want to build them just like that. This is one of the greatest catastrophes. And not only in terms of actual, in terms of psychological, I think it's the most embarrassing day or week in the history of our country. And the fake news media hardly
2: wants to talk about it. How do we get it back? How, who, who, who does that? The next leader? What do Look, they have to do? You
1: need a leader.
2: Yeah. You need a
1: leader. What, if you have the leader, it'll all work out right. But we don't have that right now. Are we going to have that leader? Not Right now, you have nothing close to it. I hope we do. You're going to find out. <laughs> going to find out. I will say this. We had the country better than it's ever been. The economy, everything. It was the best economy we ever had. And then COVID came in from China. I call it the China virus because it's a much more accurate term. But the China virus floated in, and then we rebuilt it again, and we handed over something that was incredible, and they blew it. And he ran on the basis that I will stop COVID. He didn't stop anything. It was a disaster. And they weren't prepared. They didn't order the kits. They didn't order the tests. They didn't order the therapeutics that you need. The therapeutics are so important. We developed great therapeutics. They didn't
2: order it. They were totally unprepared. You know what I see as the difference, Mr. President, across the board from a national security, defense, law enforcement position, is you just did the mission. You ordered your priorities be executed. And compared to today, they politicize it. They want to know what the media is going to like. They want to take their cues from the media. That's what I've been saying um, recently on TV, that I think just because President Trump placed the priority against Russia, against China, against Iran, bringing hostages home, killing terrorists, they want to do the opposite. And I think that's just a tragic uh, day for America. What do you think?
1: I think this—they're they're good at two things: politics and rigging elections. That's <laughs> it. If they use the same genius on running our country, we'd have a country like no other. And you know, when I say "Make America Great Again," I mean that because we have to make America great again. They never talk about greatness. All they talk about is the same old stuff. It's—you watch the news—it's COVID. It's uh, global warming. Mm-hmm. They talk about global warming. They don't talk about nuclear warming. They talk about yeah. The DoD's warming.
2: priority is global warming. Global and climate
1: warming. Change. W- woke. Everything's woke. Let's make sure that a guy can participate in women's sports. Do you see the records that are being broken now? Yeah. A record that held up 11 years in swimming was broken by 38 seconds. So
2: you, you Weightlifting
1: records are being broken you, you, by numbers like nobody's ever you seen. You do like with one no hand, else, right? it's a disgrace what's going on is just So
2: the last thing and you know when you and i get together mr president we always have to uh chat um russia gate and what happened to you was you know the biggest criminal enterprise when you're running for president then when you became president and i don't want to stew over the past but i do think our viewers are really interested in john durham and they want to take they want to think they want to know what you think about john durham i mean you and i talk about it as a former federal prosecutor national security guy you know, I think I know where John Durham's going. Where do you think, how do you think he's done and where do you think so he's So I wish it were faster mm-hmm. because I think it could have been much faster.
1: Uh, would have been nice to have been done before the election because they cheated viciously and crazily. Uh, what they did was so criminal. Would have been good if the voters would have known that, but it didn't matter because I won the election by a lot anyway. But so it didn't, honestly, I don't think that was the big defining moment but he did come up with some really interesting stuff with the lawyers and mm-hmm. Sussman and all of these yep. people, number one. And I hear there's a lot coming. So I think the jury is out. We're going to see what happens. But
2: what he's doing is one of the most important jobs being done right now in America. What do you say to the American people that every time I'm on TV or every time, you know, you do a rally, I'm sure you see it on a much greater level than I ever will, sir, that, you know, where's John Durham, where's John Durham? Do you have faith in him? And do you... I, I tell people... He's on the right path. It takes time. That's right. You've said
1: that. That makes me feel good, too, because <laughs> you know a lot about that. But I will say that uh, he came out with that initial statement and report and it was big. Mm-hmm. And that felt like a foundation for very big things to come. So hopefully, I mean, we'll, who knows? We're going we're gonna to see. I wish it were faster. We're going to see what happens. But it was a criminal. I call it the crime of the century.
2: Yeah.
1: I'm, it, it is really the crime of the century. And it changed everything, including the election. It changed everything. It was so disgusting what took place. And all of the things they said about me in Russia, it was them in Russia. It was them in Russia. They worked with Russia and they would lie. They'd go up and say, I watched this Adam Schiff. I call him respectfully Watermelon Head because <laughs> his head is shaped just like a watermelon. And I'd watch him go up to the microphone and act as though so hurt. He's so hurt. Talking about Trump and Russia. When he knew it was a a rigged deal. When he knew it was Mm -hmm. a fake. He knew it was fake. He was one of the people that made it up, along with Hillary Clinton and others. Maybe they're looking at him. And they go out there and they act as though they're so hurt by what took place. Uh, These are bad people. So I hope John Durham comes up, for the good of the country, comes up with uh, everything that you know took place and that everybody know took place. Because it has been exposed, it would be really nice to uh, have it fully exposed. So we'll see what happens. I will give you a really good answer,
2: hopefully in a year from now. (laughs) I'll take your word for it, Mr. President. So look, I I know your time is precious. Thank you for joining us on Cash's Corner. Thank you for inviting us into Mar-a-Lago and uh, meeting the team, meet my parents, made my day made my year. Um, and, you know, I'm going to come back and see you soon. So
1: Your parents did a great job with you. Have a good time. Thank <laughs> Thanks, you very much.
2: Appreciate Thank it. You. Thanks, Mr. President. That's good. Okay. Okay, we're ready. Let's go. Let's go. Let's
3: go. 10 minutes, right, Mom? 10? 26 seconds.
2: We'll see you next time on Cash's
3: Corner. Good job, Mr. Cash Patel, Cash's Corner, the Epoch Times, Truth and Tradition. Excellent work. Do you know... How proud it would make me to hear someone like the president say to me that my parents did a good job. Oh boy, man, I would be so proud. All right, guys, I hope you all enjoyed that. Pardon me, pardon my, pardon my stretch. I hope you all enjoyed that uh, little um, interview there. Well, it was hardly a little interview. That was, uh, that was, uh, that was actually probably one of the best interviews, I would say that we've gotten to experience uh, since all of this uh, hullabaloo began and the press media storm around President Trump and uh, uh, putting out those interviews again, guys, putting out those interviews again. So um, excellent work, excellent work. A lot of a lot of stuff, you know, now knowing what we know about Cash Patel, and about the depth of the work that uh, uh, Mr. Patel did with uh, the Trump administration, you guys know Cash could have dug a lot deeper than he did uh, with that interview, but I think uh, for all intents and purposes, he kept it where it needed to be and, uh, and and left a lot of doorways open for um for future future interviews with president trump uh definitely interviews that he could build on. Moving forward, so I would say I'm highly satisfied with that interview. I I would give that interview a round of applause, Uh, absolutely. Uh, I know uh, a lot of you all out there uh, definitely appreciated that. TimberJet says that was a great interview. Cash is the man. Persnick says that was great. Um, uh, There was another comment here uh, that I had seen about uh, finally being able to listen to someone who you could tell is intelligent and it can get a little bit frustrating when you see the president uh, having to go through those grueling interviews with people that just are doing it either for vanity purposes or, you know, just to put that on their resume or, or just to, uh, to troll or try and fish for something from the president. But, uh, overall, I would say that was a pretty damn good interview uh it got a ninety eight percent review from two rivers. I think that's a pretty good pretty good review i I say that's probably that's probably like a president trump rating right like he'll he'll take you as close to a hundred percent as he can, but he's always gonna just leave a little bit just a little bit there. Uh, because uh well we all we all have to strive for something after all, so all right guys, so that was our that was our president Trump intermission for today that was our that was our uh breath of fresh air as it were, or so to speak in the midst of all of this grind that we're always doing t- together, uh whether that be uh, um, uh being reticent not reticent being ready for the information and uh and sharing that information, and then of course. In line with our own, uh, our own duties, our own personal duties of what we can do to help get that word out, share that information, spread that information, and also, uh, fight for, um, fight for our liberties, our country, our Republic in the ways that we can personally do that. And everyone has their own way of doing it. You know, everyone has their own way of doing it. Shanjo says that Cash also did a great interview with Matt Gates on uh, the Gates Show on January twentieth. Oh, we, we may have to check that one out. I haven't been following the Gates situation around much. Uh, I just know that they're throwing his name out there in the headlines and they're tying his name to uh, human trafficking and abuse. Uh, so again, this is this is something that they've been going after Gates for a while. Of course, if you guys remember that one situation where uh, you had that, that guy that was trying to exploit him and his family uh, and and Gates won in that situation. But uh, you know what? I'll, I'll dig into it and see what we can find out on Gates. So I, maybe I can do a story on that here on the C report. Joe uh, asks, Mr. C, did you read Trump's statement from this morning? Well, uh, which one? He had several statements. Uh, yeah. Refresh my memory. He had a slew of endorsements. I can tell you that for sure. I think uh, I think in the last forty-eight hours, he has endorsed uh, four or five female candidates, uh, as well as made some statements about uh, what he made statements about. Um, uh, the, 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 what did we talk about yesterday? <laughs> He made some statements about that uh, that DHS security alert. Of course, we covered that yesterday. Uh, but yes, uh, if if there are any Trump statements I might have missed today, we'll definitely catch up on them tomorrow because I also try and use his statements to kind of shape and outline our reports over here at the C-Report. Uh, for instance, uh, there's one statement I have yet to share about President Trump's um, Uh, President Trump's statement uh, in regard to uh, the Abraham Accords, okay? Because that, I think, the Abraham Accords are very important to me, uh, and that would be because of the fact that the great feat that President Trump accomplished with the Abraham Accords and so whenever we read that statement, I really wanna do that story justice. I wanna dig into the Abraham Accords, I wanna dig into how they came about, I wanna get the inside baseball, I wanna get all the challenges that they faced, I wanna get all of the pushback that they faced. So when we get into that, hopefully we'll get into that, uh probably not tomorrow, because tomorrow is the end of the week. Uh, but maybe uh by the head of the week next week, we can start talking about the Abraham Accords as we barrel into and dig down. you know we use those we use we use those dig down drop down questions here at the C report. We just don't uh I just try not to take things at face value and report on them like a cheerleader. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that, but I want to give you guys something that's substantive something that will really satisfy the appetite even if only for a moment. So that's the name of the game here at the sea report. That's kind of the work I try and do. Uh, but yeah, yeah, toss it toss that in there, uh, Mr. Sean Joe. and uh, let me know uh, let me know what statement it is that I need to highlight here at the sea report because if I haven't yet, we most definitely will before the week is long. ladies and gentlemen. and we don't want that week to get long, not too long. Before we start talking about uh, some of the things that uh, President Trump has been uh, relaying to um, his base and the rest of the world and America, of course, as well. All right, guys, so let's go ahead and uh, power through a few of these articles that I have to share with you guys tonight. I only got about three or so articles, maybe four at the most, uh, all kind of like... uh, Circling and revolving around the same topic is China. But before we get into China, I just wanted to share this story with you guys because I thought it was pretty timely for the topic of discussion that we have been uh, um, um, we have been uh, uh, sharing with you guys out there. The discourse that we've had. Of course, we talk a lot about election integrity, election fraud, because that is you know when I really uh, latch onto an idea, a thought. Um, in regards to what I think is important for these times, of course, COVID-19 is important. Of course, the Canadians fighting for their freedom is important. Of course, the hostilities and the tyranny that people are facing around this planet is important. Of course, our, uh, our wide open borders are important. Of course, obviously, Russia and Ukraine is important. Uh, I really latch on to ideas and thoughts uh, that um, really reflect what, in my opinion, are like, uh, they're like, they're like, they're like, they're like that, that, that death blow, that knockout punch, you know, Uh, I'll never forget one of the first issues that I really locked onto. And it was really the issue that jarred me awake had to do with the usury and also the um, uh, debt slavery that comes to America and also the the destruction of our country by way of destroying our currency and our way of life that comes to us by means of the Federal Reserve Central Bank. And that I dedicated a lot of my life to at the jump when we were talking about uh, what that type of an entity is, what it does, what its function is, its history and all of that. Uh, Now my main issue is election integrity, and the reason why that is, of course, as you all know by now, as you all know and you all understand, I'm sure, is that without our vote, that which is representative, symbolic of our freedom, our liberty, and our sovereignty, we don't have anything else. We don't have a constitution, we don't have the First and Second Amendment, we don't have any of that if we don't have our vote, because that is like the last lifeline that is truly keeping us free. Once they get our vote, and they're doing it now, they've been doing it and trying to do it for as long as we've been alive, but it's never been so much more detrimental than it has right now, especially when we see... HR1 and HR4 going through and trying to be passed when we see the Democrats and the progressives, the communist sympathizers attempting to, uh, to hide this bill behind something that is totally irrelevant to the topic of elections and, and truly deceitful. You know, we've never seen it. We've never seen them more apprehensive, and on the, I would say they're on the defense with, uh, with bills like HR one and HR four because they know if they cannot succeed with a legalizing the theft that they utilized during the twenty twenty general election and prior, and they know that if they cannot get our state run elections into the hands of the federal. Um, um, uh, jurisdiction, then they are they they remain defeated, you know. So that's why election integrity is my most important bit, and I, I'm not just going to settle with what comes across my desk by way of headlines. When what we need to know, understand, and re- really get a depth and breadth about is. All of the election fraud that has been taking place and all of the measures that uh, those representatives that we elected whom are still willing to fight for their constituents, for the voice of the people, for the Constitution, and also all of the uh, deterrence that they are facing is very important. We need to have a solid grasp and a solid understanding of all of those events so that this way they will not be allowed to happen again. And if we don't get a grasp on it, if we don't understand it, if we don't know every single way that they try to steal elections, then they will most likely utilize those methods again in the future, and we will be lost to them, ladies and gentlemen. So with that thought and topic in mind, the, the first story I'm going to share with you now has to do with just that, election integrity. Now, it's, <laughs> it's really surrounding <clears throat> a story that we just covered, ladies and gentlemen. We just covered this story, uh, if not within the last two days, and that had to do with the Election Registration Information Center. You guys remember a man named Eric. Well, maybe not a man named Eric, but you probably remember a federal nationalized voter registration um, database called Eric uh, that I have now lovingly dubbed the Election Rigging Information Center, wherein we have leftist, communist, progressive, democrat um, um, organizations and interests who are pushing this election registration information center to assist them, to aid and abet them in stealing our elections. And the way that they do this, of course, as we discussed here on the C-Report, is by the fact that this uh, national database, which is infested with millions of non-registered voters who are registered to vote somehow that, that they've inflated the voter rolls of the 31 30 States now, because one of them dropped out, uh, but they've inflated the voter rolls of the 30 States to the point that they can turn on and off uh, registered voter accounts uh, to assist them in uh, creating a, uh, an electronic paper trail for the ballots that they use to stuff the ballot box. Now, interesting enough I say that there were thirty one states and now there are thirty states and that 's because in the state of Louisiana, as we discussed a couple of episodes ago, the Secretary of State Kyle Arduin, uh pictured here, come on, Kyle, I know you're a big boy, but we can we can still get you through that 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 kitchen door, fatty fatty two by four okay, there we go, Kyle Ardowin, we just discussed Kyle you guys might remember I got distracted by his tie anyways. So Kyle Arduin, the Secretary of State of Louisiana, he was the first Secretary of State to make the move. And that move was to suspend the services of the Election Registration Information Center. A great win. I even clapped my hands for Secretary of State Arduin. I was like, Kyle, my boy. You know, we will go have some espresso and beignets on the Mississippi sometime because you, my friend, have done a good job by separating your state from the machinations of the Trojan horse that is the national database for um, registered voters in your state, Eric, the uh, Election uh, Registration Information Center. And, And you know, but you know, guys, you guys, every one of you guys out there knows when something goes down that just seems so right that something could be wrong, usually that's the case. Now, right back here on the back of my head, as I'm sharing this story to you guys and I'm doing my little clap for Kyle Arduin, I'm just like, you know, I know I've reported on this guy not doing the right thing or or, or doing things that uh, just there's something gitchy about it, you know? Well... As you guys might have noticed before I brought up this dashing image of Secretary of State Ardoin, I had the Public Interests Legal Foundation's uh, um, uh, graphic on the screen. Now, I've been singing the praises of the Public Interest Legal Foundation, otherwise known as PILF. For as long as the C-Report has been on air, because just like agencies or organizations like Judicial Watch, organizations that I could turn to for up to the date and accurate information about the fight against election fraud and scandals within our electoral process, the Public Interest Legal Foundation has been doing just that for a lot longer then we have been on the air here at the C-Report. Now, it appears that the Public Interest Legal Foundation has struck again, ladies and gentlemen. They have struck like five times in the last week or so that we've been sharing stories about their efforts to ensure that there is integrity, security, accuracy, and fairness in the electoral process of this country in respective states. And now it seems that PILF is striking out against this man, the Secretary of State of Louisiana, this man, this very man who just suspended the Election Registration Information Center from the uh, active uh, taxpaying back pocket, of the people of Louisiana. So what the heck is going on? How could this guy do something so right that just the day after I have to turn around and report on him doing something so wrong? Well, to find out that story, we're going to turn to the pages of the Epoch Times, guys. Again, hidden behind a paywall, we have this article, Group Sues Louisiana for Denying access to voter files after state rebukes Democrat-dominated data services. Okay, and of course, this is because when states become members of ERIC, they are obligated to protect eric and all the information that they retain and garner from their states from prying eyes and in this instance the prying eyes would be those of the american people the louisiana public the people of the state of louisiana and we know for a fact that in our constitution this information should be public to all american citizens there's no reason why any Secretary of State, any, uh, any state uh, database for um, voters or any national voter database should be kept private and uh, that any of us should be prohibited from accessing the information that is on that database. It's public information. Ladies and gentlemen, as it should be. Well, let's see what's going on with a secretary of snakes, Arduin in Louisiana. He uh, he takes a step forward, and it seems he takes uh, you know a big old plop on his butt back. What does uh, Epoch Times got to say in sharing with us this information? It says here an electoral integrity group is suing Louisiana in federal court for refusing to allow inspection of voter list maintenance records, including information the state receives. From the Electronic Rigging Information Center, a controversial data matching service accused of inaccuracy. The Public Interest Legal Foundation, PILF, says that Louisiana Secretary of State Kyle Arduin, a Republican, is violating the National Voter Registration Act by not allowing the foundation to access voter documents, including data provided by ERIC. PILF, a nonprofit, describes itself as the nation's only public interest law firm dedicated wholly to election integrity. It exists to assist states and others to aid the cause of election integrity and fight against lawlessness in American elections. That's why I'm saying, guys, if you're looking for a good nonprofit, if you're looking for a good organization to support, I would recommend beyond all and beyond most. The Public Interest Legal Foundation. The lawsuit comes days after Arduin announced he was putting Louisiana's membership in ERIC on hold while he investigates allegations made against the organization. Litigation also comes after Wes Allen, not Allen West, but Wes Allen, a Republican running to be Alabama's Secretary of State, said in a statement on January 31st that he would pull Alabama out of Eric if he wins. Allen described Eric as a Democrat-dominated leftist group. Oh, so... This makes sense, guys. This kind of makes sense. When I look at Secretary of State, or shall I say Secretary of Snakes, uh, you know, Kyle Ardoin, could it possibly be because he has a GOP contender who's going to do the job he wouldn't do? And uh, Kyle Arduin wants to save his skin and uh, in any typical rhino fashion, try and make the moves that would help him get um, uh, elected again. Well, you know what that means, ladies and gentlemen. That means Louisiana Secretary of Snakes Kyle Arduin is a darn dirty rhino. Right. right, let's get back on with this article. It says here about the lawsuit in Louisiana, the Public Interest Legal Foundation, President J. Christian Adams, said in a February 7th statement that Eric is hiding documents the public has a legal right to see. Transparency is essential to having free and fair elections that Louisianans can trust, said Adams, a leading expert in election law and a former U.S. Justice Department civil rights attorney. Eric is blocking transparency and violating federal law by hiding these list maintenance documents. The public's right to these records will be vindicated in court. The legal complaint in the lawsuit, and I'm going to open that up so I can save that for linking later on for anyone who would like to read the article, or read the, uh, the complaint, I should say. PILF v. Arduin, court file three twenty two cv 81 was filed on February 4th with the U.S. District Court for the Middle District of Louisiana. Arduin is being sued in his official capacity. Eric reported that as October 2021, it had 31 states plus the District of Columbia as members. Eric describes its mission as assisting states to improve the accuracy of America's voter rolls and increase access to voter registration for all eligible citizens. The organization was created in 2012 with assistance from the Pew Charitable Trusts, a left-wing philanthropic organization. ERIC provides regular reports to its members indicating which registered voters are no longer eligible because they have died or moved. The NVRA states that all records used to add and remove voters are public records, yet the ERIC membership agreement prohibits disclosing these records according to PILF. Louisiana took initial steps to pull out of ERIC last month, saying it no longer had confidence in the organization. Ardoin announced in a January 27th statement that the state was suspending its participation in ERIC effective immediately. According to the statement, the move came amid concerns raised by citizens, government and watchdog organizations, media reports, and his uh, and his electoral candidate um, contender uh, by citizens, uh, by citizens, government, and watchdog oh, about about potential questionable funding sources, and that possibly partisan actors may have access to Eric Networks data for political purposes. Potentially undermining voter confidence. When Louisiana joined Eric under my predecessor, we did so under the impression that it would enhance the accuracy of our voter rolls and strengthen Louisiana's integrity, Arduin said. After reading about these allegations and speaking with election attorneys and experts, I have determined that it may no longer be in Louisiana's best interests to participate in this organization. It is vital that any legitimate allegation of voter fraud or possible misuse of voters' personal information is investigated. My job is to ensure that the data voters entrust to my office is protected I look forward to Eric Swift's response to these allegations. Sorry, guys, I was just reading it kind of the way I thought he talks. I know that's more Southern than Cajun or Louisianan, but uh, forgive me. Eric has also critics on the political left, as the Epoch Times previously reported. A liberal journalist, Greg Pallast, has likened Eric to Jim Crow, a set of post-Civil War state and local statutes that legalized racial segregation. Barbara Arnwine, former executive director of the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights Under Law, reportedly said Eric should be called error because it's that erroneous and that full of flaws. The Epoch Times reached out for comment to both Eric and Arduin, but did not receive replies in time okay guys so there is that ladies and gentlemen i guess you know epoch times has to make sure that they are being uh uh fair and uh um uh, just in their reporting what is that one line that they use fair and accurate i don't know but uh well there you have it so it appears that uh, uh, uh sos ardoin Oh, well, there's the uh, thing. There we go. There we go. There's there's the big old boy there. There is uh, there is S.O.S. Arduin of Louisiana. It appears S.O.S. Arduin of Louisiana is going to make sure that uh, he doesn't share that data with anyone that wants to see it there in the state of Louisiana. He's going to protect that voter data. Not going to give it over to PILF. Not to give it over to any interest legal foundation of any kind, whether they're public or private. Right, Arduin? Right. Okay. So, like I said, oh, and I was remiss. Is that the right word to use? Remiss? I was mistaken. Uh, It is not in our constitution that voter data is uh, public. It is from the National Voting Rights Act, the NVRA. Okay, I stand corrected, but I correct myself where I can, guys. And if I can't correct myself, then I'm depending on you guys to correct me, okay? All right, so uh, it is the NVRA that states that that should be public data. And with that in mind, ladies and gentlemen, one has to wonder what is... SOS Arduin seeking to hide. Of course, you know, uh, considering that uh, all of the information that is stored in the Election Registration Information Center's databases uh, could very well lead to a blunder should someone be actively canvassing the state of Louisiana for any type of election uh, discrepancies. So, um uh, well, that's a, that's a, I, thought that, I thought that was an update worth sharing. I'm sure it's most valuable to those of you in the Louisiana area. However, it is also very valuable to uh, the, general, uh, uh, the generality of us all. Because after all, we need to see the tactics and the moves that all of these people are doing. If you think about it, there's only 50 secretaries of state with that in mind, ladies and gentlemen. That means there's only 50 tabs we need to keep our eyes on, but of course that multiplies when you start trying to keep tabs on all of them, <laughs> and I mean S.O.S.s, governors, D.A.s, attorney generals, presidents, yeah, etc. Uh, we do have our, uh, we do have, uh, we do have a lot on our plates, guys. But there are more of us than there are of them, so if we can manage to uh, to uh, get that uh, divvied up and separated, and uh, you know. Uh, shared amongst the lot of us, we can definitely get this job done, ladies and gentlemen. All right, moving on to our next story for tonight. Let's go ahead and talk about Chickadee China, the Chinese Liz Cheney, ladies and gentlemen. What do we got going on with Liz China? Wait, China Lizard Cheney, the daughter of the war hawk, and I wouldn't doubt human trafficker. Don't quote me, okay? All right. Uh, Dick Cheney, uh, he's the guy that blows people's faces off, right? In the forest, if I'm not mistaken. I always used to get, uh, I always used to get Dick Cheney and, uh, who's he? Donald Rumsfeld confused. I don't know why, but that's from the general, I was a, I was a teenager during that time, guys. So forgive me. I always used to get those two confused. I just knew they were around baby Bush, but, uh, Dick Cheney, if I'm not mistaken, he's the guy that likes to pop people in the head with, uh, with a gun, While they're doing a random uh, hunting exercise. But uh, Liz Cheney, it's coming out, has some ties to China, ladies and gentlemen. Now, these ties to China might not exactly be right with her name on the receipt. But uh, close enough, we see that her husband um, is actually involved with the communist country uh, in more ways than just, uh, you know, diplomacy. Uh, we're talking about business and we're talking about stock stocks here, guys. So let's go ahead and dip into this connection uh, between China, Liz Cheney and the Communist uh, People's Republic, which is a contradiction in terms. Uh, but that's not the point. It's Lizard Cheney. All right, let's see what let's see what we got. We're gonna go to the pages of uh, Breitbart for this. Now, I might mention Breitbart uh, does an outstanding job of exposure. They expose a lot of the insider tracks that are going on that are unknown to many of the people in this society, as well as journalists, as well as politicians. Although most of the politicians probably already know the spiel. Uh, but at least we get a better view with the work that outfits like Breitbart are doing. And we had uh, we had the latest release, Red Handed, uh, by one of the Breitbart's uh, senior staffs that was just published. They had published another book, another expose. Um, a docu-novel of espionage, treason, and treason and suspense uh, in regards to um, the left progressive organizations that are being funded by Democrats and the progressive left business people of this country. And I'll just say this too right now, guys. I am not getting paid by Breitbart. I'm not getting paid by the Public Interest Legal Foundation to say the things that I say I am just reporting these stories because they have merit and absolutely uh, the work that they do is much appreciated by, uh, you know, someone like myself. Okay, so let's see what this article has to say about Cheney's husband. It says uh, China Cheney's husband should have some integrity instead of working for Chinatide firm, says the challenger. Uh, And the article goes like this. Harriet Hagman slammed representative Lizard Liz China Cheney for being part of an archetypical hypocritical DC power couple. Ah, kind of reminds me of Pelosi and her husband, right? The Trump-backed primary challenger to Wyoming GOP Representative Lizard Liz China Cheney is criticizing the Congresswoman for her husband profiting off the work his law firm does for China and other dictatorial countries, while his wife publicly calls for holding the Chinese government responsible for its many financial and human rights abuses. This is exactly the problem with Washington D.C. candidate Harriet Hagman said on a recent episode of The John Solomon Reports podcast. Hagman was in part referring to Cheney's work on House Republicans extremely critical report on China which was complemented by the work her husband's law firm, Latham & Watkins, was doing for Chinese companies. What do we find out when we dig a little bit deeper, said Hageman, is that her husband and she are personally, financially, benefiting from working for China and Kazakhstan and Belarus and Saudi Arabia. Cheney's husband, Philip Perry, is a partner at Latham, And uh, though he does not work directly on accounts linked to Chinese companies as a partner, he reaps directly the financial rewards of the firm as a whole. Hagman, who contends that Cheney has, over the course of her long career in Congress, spent too much time in the D.C. area and too little time in her home state with the people of Wyoming, says it is time to square the circle that is the Cheney-Perry power couple. He has a choice. He can either work with his firm and take the stand that his wife is apparently advocating publicly, and say... We're not going to represent countries or companies that, number one, have problems with human rights abuses, and number two, who are really kind of in a soft war with the United States. Or you can go to another law firm, said Hageman. Have some integrity. In a recent straw poll conducted by the Wyoming Republican State Central Committee, Hageman bested Cheney by a margin of nearly 12 to 1. Over the weekend, Chinese Cheney was also censured by the Republican National Committee over her ongoing participation on the Democrat-led select panel or as President Trump would put it, the unselect panel, investigating the January 6th false flag capital riots. However, China Cheney holds a huge fundraising advantage over Hagman and the handful of other challengers in the August 16th primary in Wyoming. So how about this, ladies and gentlemen, and I think that many of you all would probably agree with this. In addition to no longer allowing corporations to make donations on behalf of a candidate, In addition to setting term limits for all elected offices, and when we say term limits, we don't mean, oh, you can only serve eight years and then take like an eight or four year recess and then come back, no consecutive terms. We mean that once you've served your time, you are forever forfeited from ever running for a similar or a like office in the future, period. Like once you're done you're done. Once you've done your stint in uh, public service, you are done forever. Okay. I think you all would agree with that. But what if we also added to that, that uh, state competitions and uh, competitions for those running for uh, office in their state, that they cannot accept donations from anyone outside of their state or out, let's make it even better outside of their district outside of their direct representational area because they don't need to be running advertisements in uh, other parts of the state or other parts of the country. They need to be focusing on their backyard. That's the reason why they're there. You know, if I were running for office, I would write a bill that said such a thing and I would severely limit the amount of money that any candidate, including myself, could get. And, uh, you know, it just, you know, just the we, all we need is the faith and the backing of those whom are voting for us. We don't need anybody else, ladies and gentlemen, and justly so, we should not have anybody else pumping money into our campaigns. Same as business and corporations, they don't have any reason and or right to be throwing money at the prostitutes that are just trying to line their pockets and enrich themselves, right that 's kind of what I think. I think you guys probably agree with that, so yeah, so there you go. so Cheney, I think this is going to be part of her ruin here. I mean, the woman 's already ruined. I mean her face is already busted, right um, it 's already been beat to death, okay. What this is going to do i I 'm thinking and hoping is it 's going to be that millstone around her neck. It's going to be that issue that people are really going to be looking at. And if not, it will at least play a part in the conversation that will assist Hageman in uh, rising to the top of that election competition. All right, Cheney. So you are on notice, China Cheney, the lizard lizard. What else do we got with China for you guys tonight? Uh, we have this story. Um, I believe this story is coming out of just the news, if I'm not mistaken. It involves China and how they are uh how it has been discovered that they are typically funneling money into our schools and universities. To what end, for what reason? Well, we know that it is uh it is to really i think uh, in most part is to break down the uh the foundations of our society pushing for such things as critical race theory. And, you know, uh, there's no telling what amounts of types of espionage could be happening Within these uh, these uh, these sellout universities. Now, uh, the book that I referenced at the head of this uh, red communist moment that we're having here on the C Report, Red Handed from the Press of Breitbart. Peter Schweitzer, that is the name of the senior journalist there at Breitbart, who uh, wrote uh, this book. Um, uh, they published an article in. Bre- I said just the news. It's Breitbart. Uh, they they published a story in Breitbart that uh, talked about uh, the University of Yale, okay? And this is just an example of how these colleges are receiving communist money and they're doing with it what the communists would have them do. But in this instance, the University of Yale actually failed to report that they took any money from the Chinese Communist Party and the country of China and the failing communist uh people's republic over there uh um a headline reads peter schweitzer's red-handed universities like yale fail to report chinese communist cash as required by law let's see what this article has to say (laughs) is it me or is xi jinping i want to i want to expand this picture i want to expand the picture xi jinping is sticking his tongue out right i'm not seeing things am i (laughs) (laughs) i want to see your tongue whoops what did i do what did i do oh my bad guys hold on i i really need to i really need to look at this (laughs) guy only mr c right okay (laughs) Sticking his tongue out. He reminds me of like those, uh, what are the name of those cats that have like a flat face and then their tongue's always sticking out? (laughs) Persian. He looks like a Persian. Hey, be careful how low you put your head in that glass of wine. You might drown, Xi Jinping. Okay. Anyway. Ah, dang it. Uh, Do you see what happens when I have fun with myself? Okay. Well, Uh, uh, phrasing, Mr. C, phrasing. Okay, let's go ahead and go back. (laughs) The article we read about China Cheney was from just the news. I said Breitbart. This article is from Breitbart. I said just the news. Okay, now that we got that straightened out and now that we've had a laugh at Xi Jinping sticking his little Persian cat tongue out, let's go ahead and read this article. Peter Schweizer's red-handed. Universities like Yale fail to report Chinese communist cash as required by law. There's Persian Jing. Jing, we'll call him Ji Jing, Jing Jing Ping, Jing Jing Ping Pong, Ping Pong. Whoops, sorry guys. Okay. (laughs) Best selling investigative author Peter Schweitzer says that U.S. colleges and universities are not complying with federal laws with regards to reporting the millions of dollars they receive to donations in donations linked to the Chinese Communist Party. Schweitzer details these findings in his latest book, Red-Handed, How American Elites Get Rich Helping China Win. Section 117 of the Education Act in 1965 is very explicit. It says that if U.S. colleges and universities taken in foreign donations, sent substantial foreign donations, they are required to report those to the federal government, Schweitzer told the Star News Network. This is particularly applicable to China today because hundreds of millions of dollars are flowing to American colleges and universities from Chinese nationals. Many of them linked to the Chinese Communist Party and to the Chinese state, the red-handed author added. Many U.S. colleges, however, have not reported any or all of their Chinese cash, such as Yale University. And the millions of dollars it received from Joseph Tsai, co-founder of Alibaba and owner of the Brooklyn Nets, Schweitzer said... He's donated hundreds of millions of dollars to Yale, Schweitzer explained. He says that they come from his foundation based in California. And the problem is, when you look at the foundation based in California, it lists really no assets and certainly does not mention any gifts going to Yale. The problem is that a lot of these donations to colleges and universities come with strings attached. And those strings attached can be subtle, but they're direct and real. And I think it's having a major effect on the conversation on China that's taking place today on college campuses, he said. Schweizer added that the University of Pennsylvania is one of the worst offenders when it comes to unreported funds from the communist regime. As Breitbart News previously reported, Chinese donations to UPenn soared after it announced the Biden Center. In three years before the announcement, the university received around $15 million. In the three years after, the total was close to $40 million. The latter number is $60 million from China if you include contracts, Schweizer said. Now, isn't it interesting to note that the name that these Chinese communists were donating to was in the name of the Biden Center I think that says a lot right there. And it also states the obvious, too. Uh, The article continues, Some of those donors were anonymous, but declared donors included the state-owned China Merchants Bank and a company called Cathay Fortune, owned by a secretive Chinese billionaire who appears to have strong links with the Communist Party, named Yu Yong, Moreover, action from the Biden administration is unlikely as President Joe Biden recently made the president of the University of Pennsylvania, Amy Guttman, his ambassador to Germany. Schweitzer's Red-Handed, How American Elites Get Rich Helping China Win, hit number one on the New York Times bestsellers list one week after its release by HarperCollins. Collins. Interesting. I'll never forget growing up as a wee, young, little Mr. C. One of my favorite authors was published by HarperCollins, and I always saw myself being published by that publishing company. One of my books. But, um, I mean, I don't pay to play. I'm not saying that Peter Schweitzer did. But they, Harper Collins probably knew they had a moneymaker on their hand if they published that book. They ain't gonna have a moneymaker on their hand if they publish one of my books, but. That's neither here nor there, guys. So let's move on. Okay, so very interesting there. Uh, You know, the thing that I could appreciate about this book by Schweitzer Red-Handed is that it's created a wealth of information that many independents and many presses, news news publications, organizations can uh, get to some leads on, do some digging, and then produce stories themselves. And of course, we get to share that information with you guys and the audiences out there that would like to receive it in this format. As well, so I think it's a win win altogether, guys, um but indeed, you know um i I don't own this i i'm I'm really considering buying this book as well as the last book that Breitbart put out i'll put it on my Christmas list. What do you say, guys? All right, moving right along, dug a da dug we got uh, i think this is our I think this is our last story for tonight. if not we got one more after this. We got one more after this. These are the last two stories. We're going to talk about COVID-19, coronavirus 2019, the genuinely manufactured disease that uh, was utilized during a pre-planned pandemic to shut down the world and put everybody in the vice grip of fear and death, okay? Now, what do we have here with this little shopping basket from China? Well, Basically, what we got going on here is a story coming out of China that uh it might it might to those who are actually sitting back and paying attention it might actually say something to them when we consider the fact that uh, of course covid nineteen coronavirus two thousand and nineteen was manufactured for all intents and purposes over there in the people's Republic of Communist China again contradiction but um uh, China has been in lockdowns. China has been doing the COVID-19 tyranny thing. They've done the vaccine thing too. And the thing about it is, guys, where there might be a debate in the States and there might be a debate in the West about vaccines versus gene therapy serum inoculations in China... They have been exclusively vaccines. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. The uh, country of China and the communist uh, government there has not used the likes of an mRNA inoculation on its own people when trying to fend off this coronavirus-19 And when trying to encourage people to take some kind of mandatory jab. Now, are they doing mandatory jabs? Oh, most definitely they are. But they are not mRNA vaccines. And uh, the question is begged, what do they know in China that we do not know here? Uh, For this, we're going to go to a, a substack by the name of Unreported Truths. And uh, this is published by Alex Brenson, Alex Brenson's Unreported Truths. Uh, so let's check out what this gentleman has to say. The first person in the world to receive an mRNA COVID vaccine outside a clinical trial was Margaret, uh, Margaret who? Keenan. A ninety-year-old Englishwoman on December eighth, two thousand twenty. In the fourteen months since, more than one billion people worldwide have received more than two billion shots of mRNA. Uh, none are in China. A Chinese pharmaceutical company signed a deal to buy one hundred million doses of the Pfizer BioNTech vaccine a week after that first shot. Now, have none have been given to anyone in China? But wait, this delay has a totally innocent explanation. National pride. The Chinese don't want to admit they have to buy an American German shot. Yup, that's the ticket. Here's the proof Chinese pharmaceutical companies are also developing their own mRNA shot called Arcove. They're moving fast too. How fast? The Chinese companies finished their preliminary human clinical trial of ARCOVE on December 2nd, 2020. It covered all of 230 people, not 2021, 2020, before Margaret Keenan received her first dose. do you see that, guys? They were developing this December 2nd, 2020. 14 months have passed since that trial finished. It is not even clear that those Chinese companies have started human dosing in the larger Phase 3 clinical trial that would be necessary before China can approve ARCOV, and nobody seems to know when trials might be done. So why is it that the genocidal, homicidal, sociopathic, sociopathic, and psychopathic communist government of China can race to develop an MRNA and it has been in production for at least 14 months with at least one trial and they have not forced this on their own people. When we rush out several MRNA inoculations and we make people take it right out of the oven in the West what is it that the government of China is protecting? I would think that's protection, guys. I would think that it is protection. They're protecting their people. Because the people of China are already docile and, uh, and uh, feeble enough that uh, they don't want to kill their working base. They don't want to kill that, which brings the uh, riches and the fortunes to the, uh, the small government of uh, China, communist speaking. Uh, but everyone else is expendable right around the world for that chin that century of china the chinese century that's that's a pretty interesting and at least somewhat scalding for people like us i would think to have to uh listen to the south china morning post says large scale trials of the vaccine jointly developed by the academy of military science walvax biotechnology and suzu abu, 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 abu abogen biosciences have been delayed since last year no reason was given by the company though it has become generally more difficult to recruit unvaccinated volunteers for phase three trials last week a company official said most volunteers have been recruited though he refused to give a timeline for the phase three trials yeah, that does beg the question, what do you mean by most of the volunteers have been recruited? <laughs> now, here's what is clear. The pivotal phase three clinical trial, to the extent it exists at all, is being conducted entirely outside China in Indonesia and Mexico, which makes total sense. The People's Republic is going to be a huge, in a huge hurry to give its own citizens a shot that has been tested on a grand total of 230 people inside China in 2020. I'm sure there's a good explanation for all this. That's gotta be sarcasm, right? That's gotta be sarcasm. I don't read sarcasm well, people. Uh, Some of you guys might've noticed. I'm just not sure anyone outside Zongnanhai is going to want to hear it. Here's Zonghongnai. So we have the Forbidden City. We have Zonghongnai, we have Tiananmen Square. We have the Great Hall of the People. And, uh, Suburban Gate. I don't know what that says. Anyways, it says here, Zong Hong Nai is a former imperial garden in the imperial city Beijing, adjacent to the Forbidden City. It serves as the central headquarters for the Communist Party of China and the State Council of China. Um, oh, so yeah, that's just, uh, that's just, uh, the Wikipedia list. So it says, uh, Who would have guessed that one country that doesn't wish to harm or kill its own citizens with an mRNA vaccine would be China. We live in an upside down world. For those that are referencing the population, that is not what I meant, and I personally do not believe that. I think there can be many other reasons that the United States is continuing with this failing strategy. Control, power, politics, unwillingness to admit one is wrong and course correct, demonization of the other party, corruption, etc., etc. And then this writer references the movie Don't Look Up. I haven't seen it, so I'm not going to read it. And uh, well, that is basically that. So, uh, you know, with these substacks that are coming out, this is really interesting food for thought. I think I, I need to get on substack. But then again, I have a blog over at the C-Report that I'm trying to fill up. So maybe I should just focus on that. We'll see. I shouldn't. I shouldn't take on too many projects, right? I already got enough on my plate. So, okay. So, well, that was an, uh, that was an interesting story, I think. Uh, something to definitely maybe dig into or just to consider that the uh, People's Republic of China, the Chinese Communist government itself, is not administering these uh, gene serum inoculations to their people, these mRNA um, supposed vaccines. And I think that's very important because, again, these are experimental. It's the first time in human history that we've been using this type of cure right uh, to assist in uh, in um, uh, uh, stating off some kind of disease. I would say if you're going to get a very generic view on history like fifty years from now, hundred years from now, a very generic view on history uh, that that is in the right direction but does not admit all of the wrongdoings and the sins of the past. You'll hear or read something in science books to the effect of in the year 2020, in the face of a global pandemic, scientists from around the world, spearheaded by the United States of America and the brave Anthony Fauci and the Eco Health Alliance, created an mRNA vaccine that inevitably proved to be a failure in that it did not stop the disease of COVID-19 from spreading, but rather lessened the effects and prevented death. And for that reason, it was that humanity decided mRNA-style vaccinations were not effective and they discontinued using them. Can't you see that kind of a generic storyline coming out in the future? Like if they were to try and cover over everything that happened in the last two years and the advent of the mRNA, that maybe they would just discontinue using it and then just try and say, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, that they didn't work because they didn't stop the virus or they didn't stop the disease. I don't know. I'm just kind of speaking out of it right now okay guys this is our last story for tonight and i uh, thank you all again for joining us live here at the sea report for our uh, little updates on news views current events and current affairs uh what is it with this uh this what do you call these things? PC people, or I don't know what they call them. But uh, yeah, uh, there's something going on here, guys, something going on here. Uh, The reason why I chose this illustration is because we see the lunacy, we see the craziness, we see the outright lack of anything uh, as far as mental capacities go, but probably the biggest hypocrisy. You see what happens to, you see what happens to narcissists, egomaniacs, psychopaths, sociopaths, who just can't admit they're wrong. Eventually, they end up like this guy. They end up crazy because they cannot put themselves on a corrective path, right? They end up locked up and they end up as a slave and a victim to their own obsessions. That's why it says President Pandemic there on that padded cell wall. Well, it appears that as the story, as the world turns or I should say as the story turns and as the world burns, as the people begin to rise up in all locations around the world, as the people begin to say that enough is enough is enough is enough with these tyrannical and uncalled for pandemic fake, uh, you know, mandates. And as governments are starting to turn their leaf on their own mandates Here in America, it appears that the Democrats, the progressives, those who wish to see the destruction of our republic and our constitution are doing an about-face, ladies and gentlemen. Like, oh, the hypocrisy or oh, the outright craziness of it all. What is up with that? Can't they just, you know, uh, stand on their own, too, and, like, be forthright and, you know, and upright and do the right thing and do what they say they're gonna do? I guess they can't, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, So this final story comes from Just the News. It is indeed about... Uh, The Democrats uh, doing an about face on the entire COVID-19 situation. And uh, thank you so much, Stone Roller, for gifting the cookie. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, sir. Uh, Article reads, COVID pivot. Dems do 180 on pandemic response and attempt to rewrite history. What I tell you about what I tell you about this vaccine thing, the MR mRNA, inoculation thing that uh, if they have it their way, they'll rewrite history. If they have to look good about it, they'll be like, well, we tried it and we found out it didn't work. Uh-huh. We killed about, I don't know, half the world. Uh-huh. But everyone in China seemed to survive because they didn't use it over there. Uh, let's see what this article has to say. Let's see what lengths of hypocrisy these people are going to put on display for us. It says Biden's allies pivot from war footing to moving past virus, claiming credit while announcing policies long since implemented by red states. With the midterm elections in sight, President Biden and fellow Democrats in Congress and governor's mansions nationwide are completing a 180 on their COVID-19 response, abandoning the president's promise to shut down the virus as Americans say they want to get on with their lives. In the process, Democrats have begun to lift key COVID-19 restrictions and return to normal life. The same approach long embraced by red states that they once rebuked as cruel and dangerous... Yet Biden and his Democrat allies are now taking credit for ending the pandemic while adopting these same policies. On Wednesday, New York Governor Gremlin Hochul and Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker, both Democrats announced they will end mandates in their states requiring face coverings in most indoor public settings. However, masking rules for schools will remain in place. That's so they can hide the children that they are trafficking, I'm sure. Several other blue states, New Jersey, Connecticut, Delaware, Oregon, and California are also lifting their indoor masking requirements in the coming days. All but California said they'll no longer require masking in schools. The decisions by Democrat governors to ease COVID-19 restrictions come amid a larger push by the Biden administration and Democrats in Congress to contain rather than defeat the pandemic and prepare the country to live with it. We are moving toward a time when COVID won't disrupt our daily lives, a time when COVID won't be a constant crisis. White House Press Secretary Jen Circleback Saki said on Wednesday, adding that the president is looking to turn the page on the pandemic. But will the pandemic turn the page on the president? Select is the question. We are internally discussing, of course, what it looks like to be in the phase of the fight against the COVID pandemic, where it is not disrupting everyone's daily lives, where people are moving on and living lives free of, hopefully, masks at some point and many of the restrictions that we've all been living through over the past two years. Her comments came after Politico reported that the Biden administration is plotting to adapt to a new normal and condition Americans to live with COVID-19 in a bid to increase his low approval ratings and boost Democrats' midterm prospects amid soaring inflation and a stalled legislative agenda. But in order to get people to view the pandemic differently, they have to feel differently about the pandemic, said one senior administration official, echoing a belief among at least some on Biden's team that Americans are living in fear and are pessimistic about returning to their normal lives. This belief appears to be out of touch with the pulse of the American people, 70% of whom agree COVID is here to stay and we just need to get on with our lives, according to recent polling. Still, the White House may find it difficult to explain to Americans why it's fine for them to return to normal now after two years of Biden and other Democrats advocating strict pandemic restrictions. The problem could be worsened by a series of recent embarrassing stories of top Democrat officials making excuses for not wearing masks despite long pushing mask mandates. Nonetheless, Biden and Democrats are crediting themselves for ending the pandemic while beginning to look to policies implemented by red states as early as the summer of 2020. Democrats' plan to fight COVID is working. Cases are down and vaccines are widely available. Now it's time to give people their lives back, says Representative Sean Patrick Baloney of New York. With science as our guide, we're ready to start getting back to normal. Another New York Democrat, Hakeem Jeffries, praised Biden as blue states began dropping their mask mandates. Well, here's where we are in America today. Job creation is up because the people who were fired are going back to work. Wages are up because everyone is so scared they'll only go to work for $15 or more and inflation so rampant we got to match the costs. Unemployment is down because all the jobs that close don't count as job numbers that are available. And the Omicron variant is in retreat because it never existed to begin with and everyone who's thrice vaccinated that got the Omicron have gone since and passed. And that's not by accident. Oh, no, it's not by accident, Mr. Jeffries. It is not by accident at all. That's because under President-elect Biden's leadership, a public health infrastructure was put into place beginning with the American Rescue Plan without a single Republican vote. And we blew up that infrastructure, I might add, to ensure that we can do everything possible to crush the American people, the crush the virus. And that is what has been happening. Okay, I don't want to read anything else that Jeffries has to say, or I'm going to have to keep using that voice. Jeffries failed to note when discussing the number of Americans vaccinated that the Food and Drug Administration did not grant its first emergency use authorization to a COVID-19 vaccine until December 2020. Just one month before President Trump optically left office, Biden has had the vaccine available to the public throughout his presidency. Biden's new push to portray the pandemic as part of a new normal is in stark contrast to what he said consistently about the pandemic from the 2020 presidential campaign to last month. Biden campaigned on the promise that he was going to shut down the virus, attacking Trump for suggesting Americans should accept COVID-19 as a part of life and adapt accordingly, as opposed to a more heavy-handed response. At the final presidential debate in 2020, Trump said the country was learning to live with the virus. Biden derided Trump for striking an optimistic tone. My response? We're not here there in that toaster oven contraption thing. Black people are, are inferior to white people. We're learning to die with it, Biden wrote on his campaign website after the debate. We're definitely learning to die with it under my administration, and there is a dark winter ahead. Once in office, Biden pledged one day after his inauguration, we will defeat this pandemic, a message he repeated often over the next year. Prominent Democrats, such as House Speaker Hood's Nancy Paglosi similarly made clear the goal had to be left uh, to be total victory by eradicating the pandemic. Our most urgent priority will continue to be defeating the coronavirus, she declared, and, and, and defeating defeat it will. Governors of blue states employed identical rhetoric, rhetoric. Thanks to the dedication of hardworking New Yorkers, we will continue to make progress every day in defeating the COVID beast once and for all, said former New York Governor Nipple Rings Cuomo last year. When discussing their response to the virus, Democrat leaders frequently spoke of the pandemic as a battlefield and the war could only be won with COVID-19's unconditional surrender. Yeah, I could totally see Hood's Pelosi, Nipple Rings Cuomo, Gremlin Hochul, and all of them, and Biden in his diaper just, uh, uh, you know, getting all dressed up with their bangles and, you know, uh, doing a lip sync to COVID as a battlefield. I could see it, guys. As a result, several blue states kept in place by COVID-19 lockdown measures first implemented nationwide in the early spring of 2020, long after red states which opened up much earlier, most notably Florida. It seemed like the narrative was no one could talk about individual rights, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis told the conservative legal group, the Federalist Society on Friday. It's all about lockdown, lock up, shut up, or put up. You can't have an open state. You can't have kids in school. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't do anything at all. We viewed it the opposite. The the default needs to be freedom. In large part due to loosening pandemic restrictions, states led by Republican governors are overwhelmingly leading the economic recovery. According to data from the Federal Reserve and the Labor Department, states led by Democrat governors have been lagging behind with steeper job losses and higher unemployment. However, the record when it comes to death rates from COVID-19 is more mixed. Deep Red Mississippi, for example, leads the nation in deaths per 100,000 people, while Deep Blue New Jersey ranks third. After the lockdown measures eased up, even in blue states, Democrats pushed to continue mask and COVID-19 vaccine mandates, castigating Republicans for resisting. They are passing laws and signing orders that forbid people from doing the right thing, Biden said last summer of DeSantis, Texas Governor Rhino Abbott, and other Republican governors who opposed such measures. If you aren't going to help, at least get out of my way. My diaper's full. This week, however, the White House is signaling it intends to follow blue states' easing restrictions and embrace a new posture toward the pandemic. Biden and fellow Democrats say it's due to reductions in COVID-19 cases and hospitalizations. But critics argue the pivot is based in politics, not in science. Trust the science, not the politics. The data did not change. You guys changed. Conservative pundit Ben Shapiro said this week, referring to Democrats. This is all about trust us. Give us the power and we will protect you. Or maybe I should read it like Ben Shapiro. The data did not change. You guys changed. This is all about trust us. Give us the power. We will protect you. Period. I am Ben Shapiro. Okay. All right, guys. (laughs) Well, I had to make that article fun somehow. All right. Okay, guys. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. We've got a little bit of hypocrisy. We've got a little bit of China pandering. We've got a little bit of treason. We've got a little bit of COVID. And we had a stellar President Trump interview with Cash Patel. I think, ladies and gentlemen, it's safe to say that we have put another one under the belt for tonight here at the Sea Report. And I thank you all most kindly for being with us in the audience tonight. I hope you guys enjoyed tonight's episode, if not found it somewhat uh, entertaining, if not value-added. We will be back tomorrow for another edition of The Sea Report also be looking for the return of Lone Star News. I'm not going to say at what hour or what date, but that will be coming up for all of you who are interested in Texas centric news, because I am a Texan ladies and gentlemen, and we have got to clean up our own backyards first. Uh, We'll be doing an episode of Lone Star News before the week is done. We also have episodes of Mr. C in the Dark lined up for you guys. We will be continuing the story of Les Vexna, Jeffrey Epstein, The Mob and Alan Dershowitz. We're going to get that under our belt before the end of the week, guys. We got to get that one done so I can move on to other topics in the same light in the dark. Uh, and also whatever else that we feel like doing here at Mr. CTV at Mr. C channel, I've got, uh, I've got creative and productive reign over, uh, the type of shows that we do. Hey, we wrapped up the Putin interviews, guys. We got all four of them in the bag, all four of the Putin interviews during that watch party. We're going to have some more watch parties coming up. I'm feeling like maybe we're going to do the voter GA press conference. That one was only an hour long. So it, it wasn't like the South Carolina one that was like four hours long. It was only an hour long. And then also what else we got? Uh, we got some movie requests from, uh, the friends over at the Foxhole and over at Pilled. Now, let me just, uh, just to be clear, guys, if we do a watch party of a movie, okay, like a movie movie. Now you guys know we don't have streaming rights. We don't have any of that kind of stuff. So we will only air it for that watch party. Only over at Pilled and Foxhole. That's the only platform that we will do movies at. Now, documentaries I will share on Rumble, on Twitch, on Clout Hub, but if we're gonna do a watch power mo- watch party movie like I don't know Eyes Wide Shut or The Strange Doctor Lovejoy, we can only do that on Pilled and Foxhole for only that one watch party, and then I will delete the watch party because I don't want the platform to get in trouble for impeding on rights. So we can do a watch party, and analysis of the movie, and once it's done, I erase it from the books. So if you want to be part of that watch party, make sure that you follow us over at pill.net Okay, so you can get notifications um, and also uh follow us over or uh join our mailing list over at the dot com okay otherwise, by all means, guys, if you're on the podcast. Check us out over at Rumble. Uh, Follow us on Rumble. We are broadcasting there live right now. If you're over on uh, Rumble or Twitch, you know, get your free accounts over at pill.net, you know, or get your accounts over at Clout Hub um, because uh, all of these uh, platforms archive our episodes, which is. Great stuff, considering we have censorship extraordinaire, Susan, and, uh, you know, all the others who are keeping us bogged down. Uh, Okay, guys, hey, I don't see why we couldn't do the Count of Monte Cristo. We can do all of that, but I'm just saying if we do a watch party with a movie movie... We will only do it that once and it will not be archived. It will air one time and it will vanish as soon as we're done. Because again, I don't want to be responsible for getting a a platform as stellar as Pilled or Foxhole in trouble. Uh, That's not going to go under my belt, guys okay y'all so with that said again check us out at our podcast as well anchor.fm slash the sea report and that way uh, you can take us on the go in case you miss an episode we are pretty much caught up we got about two more episodes to catch up guys and we'll be fully done on that Uh, and I think other than that that's all I gotta say thank you all for the gold pill donations that you uh, sent to us with love over there at the foxhole Uh, stone roller I think I thanked you but if not thank you again and to everyone else I think 123SKG, Rail all. Sean, Joe, uh, I am so sorry. I don't have all of the gold pills on my screen anymore, but you guys, much love. I definitely appreciate you. And uh, we we definitely uh, appreciate any financial assistance that comes this way. If you like the work that we do, uh, by all means, uh, you know, a rumble, rant us, or a bit, or subscribe to us. Subscribe to us at our podcast. Send a one-time donation. Uh, we take Cash App. We take PayPal. And if uh, and if that's not within your means, guys, and you really do appreciate appreciate the work we do here. Please share the links. Let people know about this golden potato head that sits on your screen and reads you the news uh, at least once a week. I mean, one night a week. And uh, well, guys, I think that's all I got to say on that. end. let me go ahead and release the gold pill scratch so you guys can uh, get your fix for tonight over there at uh, Foxhole and Pilled. And with that said, ladies and gentlemen, this has been another edition of of The Sea Report. I have been your host, Michael Aaron Gossadis, otherwise known as Mr. C, And it's been a pleasure as always. Be safe, be blessed as you go into that night. And God bless America. We will see you tomorrow.